Blog Talk Radio. A good old song. 
that'll get me in the get get me in the spirit. Is that all right? Somebody know this song. It says, Jesus keep Come on.
Okay, folks, we'll let that play in the background. How's everybody doing? want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the show, the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. And I won't spare another second. I'll go ahead and open up the lines and get our co-hosts on the on the line. Remember tonight, folks, we have two, uh, well, three t- co-hosts all together. Myself, the one and only Darlene Douglas out of Austin. We'll go ahead and open up a phone line. Erico 512-922. Are you there, Darlene? I'm here. Well, all right. Okay. How are you doing? How are you doing, young lady? I'm doing great. Doing great. I see you sounding pretty good. Well, for the moment I am. I've been sick, family, is what she's saying. I um for the moment I am. Well, let's go ahead and bring our other co host, our guest co host I should say, Don at Area Code. I think he's at eight one seven three seven eight. Don are you there? Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to turn down a speaker in your house. You sound like you're on. Uh, it's a lot of echo. I'm kind of. I was kind of having fun with that, but yeah, Don, you got to turn your one of your speakers down in your house, else we'll be echoing forever. And I'm I'm gonna come back to you in a second, but that's Donald Shaw. Of Fort Worth, I'm Seth of Fort Worth, and we have Darlene Douglas online all the way from Austin. Let's go back to Don. Eric Code eight seven 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 eight Hey, Don, you got a speaker on. You're probably trying to hear it in one ear. Maybe somebody is on a phone in the same room with you. They can't. That can't happen. They got to either turn down or turn off the speaker or something. Okay, we're gonna try it again. All right, 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 all right. It's still echoing. It's still echoing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you can hear the echo or not, but it's kind of funny. Every time I say a word, it echo like twelve times. So somebody may be in the room with the on the phone with you. Maybe that's it, or I don't know. Uh, I think he's gonna try to hang up and call back. So while Don is hanging up and calling back. Let me see if this may be him here. Hold on a second, folks. Don, if that's you, press one on your uh, phone line. If if you when you do, if that's you, okay, that's not you because we got several eight one seven, and I think I'm thankful to see our family in the house, uh, darling. We got a lot of eight one seven phone calls. Isn't that neat? That's great. Yeah, normally we don't see too many two one four nine seven two. We do see some every week. Let me just get that out because some of you be like, what? I call every week. But I just mean tonight. It's a lot tonight. So, anyway, while Don is calling back, uh, Miss Darlene, how have you been doing? How was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was great. Thanksgiving was, was thank- great. I- you know, I, yes, were you thankful? That's, um, that's the big key with Thanksgiving. You know, a lot of people, you know, well, I ain't going to go there. All I can say is, were you thankful? <laughs> yes, Thanksgiving was great. We had a, a blessed time in Rockdale over Thanksgiving. I had all my sisters and brothers there and my mom, and and it was just great just being there, you know, with each other and with 
everything that's gone on in the world today. It was just, it was, I was thankful to have all my family there. There you go, there you go, there you go. Yeah, I must say this Thanksgiving, I normally don't like a lot of the holidays. Uh, and I take it personal as, as part of my belief system not to celebrate a lot of them because a lot of them are so materialistic Thanksgiving, be it the turkey and, the, and the, just the Black Friday and or either the Christmas, the Santa Claus and the reindeers or uh, Easter with the Easter. It, something is always there to take away from the, the true, original, great reason for these holidays, and I refuse mm-hmm. to let uh, those things deter me away from. I think this is Don. Uh, hold on a second. Erico eight one seven three seven eight. Don, is that you? This is me. Okay, there you go. No echoing. Great, great. Well, uh, welcome, brother. Welcome on the line, cousin. Uh, say hello to the people. Hello, family. How are y'all? I hope everyone had a blessed holiday and didn't overdo it. It's always a pleasure to be back with family and friends. All right, all right, all right. And I was just, I was just saying, Don, how uh, this Thanksgiving for us was really meaningful. My sister took a, a, a long pause before we had dinner to make sure that she didn't lose her spirit behind Thanksgiving, and was very thankful. Moppy, you know, we call her Moppy Verna, and I was so glad she did that. Kudos to Moppy for keeping it real. And uh, we all went around the table and told long version of why we were thankful. And then we had some uh, very interesting uh, food, traditional turkey dressing, you know. Um, what else might we have? Uh, oh, a little bit of everything, folks. It was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, so, Don, you had a, a good Thanksgiving, I take it? Oh, yeah, I had a... Um, family and friends. I had the mom, sister, and brothers. I actually cooked. And, uh, oh, okay. I played the chef this time. Had a variety did of anybody, nice food. Did anybody uh, take up Annie, uh, uh, Angie's um, uh, um, advice on the um, dessert? <laughs> I tried it. <laughs> did you really? I, I really did. I can't. I can't make no comment because I had quite a bit of desserts. But I will say this: it didn't turn out too bad. It turned out pretty good. Really? I took it. You market it? I ain't gonna say I marketed it, but I will say I ate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm sure. Hopefully, hopefully Angie is listening. And uh, see, people, we don't just be sitting around here talking. Some of us do go out and practice what we preach. And uh, so you just never know what, who's listening, Angie, if you're listening. But uh, anyway, folks, I want to just welcome everyone to the Douglas Kennedy Family Friends Network. This is the show. This is of a group of people call themselves the Douglases and uh, 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 their offspring, I should say, as well as uh, people that call themselves Kennedys, their offspring. So we are a product of that union of Ed Douglas and Isabel Kennedy, that union, uh, having produced children, and uh, we are, and, and I'm, I'm talking like this because I found out there's friends listening. 
So everybody don't know everybody. Darling, since you're the historian, why don't you just briefly, because we haven't done this in a while, kind of go through all of Ed and Isabel's children. I, I think you probably know about Harvard, and you can quote it faster than I can. But go through them and just let everybody know who is the Douglas Kennedy uh, 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 family, just so people will know what children come out of the Ed and Isabel Union, please. Okay. We have a list of, I'm going to start with Annie Mae. I think uh, my family is the only one that calls her Aunt Annie Mae. Everybody else calls her Alvira. She was the oldest child. And then it's Ennis Buddy Douglas, which is my grandfather, Eddie Douglas Booker, which is both of you all's grandmother. Albert right. Sunnyborn Douglas. Whoa, 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 hold on. M- what did you say again? What what name did you say again? Was our grandmother? Ed sorry. I messed I up. I thought I heard I'm that. Sorry. I I thought I, I was just going, yeah. Well, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Addie Douglas Booker. We have two Bookers here. That That's going to be the Spain's uh, grandmother. Albert right, right, Sunnyborn right. Douglas. Okay. M.B. Dugan Douglas. Azalee Douglas Booker, which is there both you of your grandmother. There you go. There you go. Dosha okay. Douglas Bale Kerman okay. Douglas. Okay. Not not very many people know about uh, know about Kerman, the youngest one. Right. He died fairly young. The possibility that this could be wrong, but my paperwork shows nineteen twenty three to nineteen thirty seven. Okay. Did you get them all? Yeah, that's eight. Okay, folks. Well, there you have it. That's the that's the that's the children of Ed and Isabel. And uh, keep in mind, we also is we are the Douglas Kennedy family and friends. We have lots of people. Well, I can't say lots of people, but there are some people listening that are just simply friends of the family. We want to welcome you tonight as well. we got to always remember to include our friends. And I want to thank you for befriending this family, whoever you are, wherever you are. And hopefully this show will bring inspiration. we got very few very few goals here. Um, I mean, you know, we're not trying to conquer the world. We just simply want to do a few things. And those few things always want to come together. Be less strangers to one another. Know who each other are. That's that's major, and that's already happening. We already have been successful. We have, been, we have enjoyed some success, I should say, with that. We are beginning to know who each other are. Everybody on this line should know who Ed and Isabel uh, is by now. Well, we, that wasn't true uh, at the time of the reunion, the last reunion we had here in Dallas. Everybody should know very well who Azalee Douglas is. Well, that wasn't true at the time we had the reunion here in Dallas. And I'm only picking on that particular time frame because that's when we first started doing this. And so we have become less strangers. And the second goal is to inspire one another. Okay, now that we know each other and now we're communing around this blog, what can we do for each other? What can we do for each other so we can inspire each other and encourage each other? That's just 
it's free. It, it takes very little energy, but it's, it goes a long way because we all need inspiration and upliftment right about now. And then the third thing is once we can see who we are, and we're inspired, we're encouraged, we want to network on various levels. We definitely understand that everybody can network because we have different spirits, we have different maturity levels. Some people just won't be able to walk together, as the book of Amos uh, chapter 3, verse 3 says, how can any two walk together except they agree? Some of us just can't agree. So we are at this blog, we're trying to network with those we can. And I believe with all my heart by the Spirit of the Most High that some of us will do business together, some of us will be prayer partners, some of us will do other things together. Some of us will exchange wisdom and knowledge with raising children. No telling what the Father has. So I'm encouraged by this whole blog. And uh, so let's just kind of switch gears here. Uh, Darling, I know that you have some announcements, and I want to get those out of the way briefly. And uh, you have some updates on a cruise that this family – see, I told you I was about networking. We already got a cruise lined up. And we already have a uh, – we're trying to hook up in New Orleans at the uh, – well, let me let Darlene tell you about it. Go ahead, Darlene. Can you update us? And I'm going to start a little mu- music in the background. Don't let that – I'm going to start a little music in the background. Go ahead. Okay. Um, let me go with the birthdays first here. Oh, okay. You got birthdays. Of, great, great. Yes. For the month of December, we have Kernington Turner. December the twelfth. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Who was that? What was that name? Carrington Turner. Spell that. K e r r i n g t o n. This is a niece of Kevin Stan. Okay, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. I got you. Oh, because your name is Turner. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought it was one of my nieces. Okay, Angelo Hill. Junior, December the 6th, Ella Stan Davis, December the 17th, Albert Spann, December the 14th, and we have a Christmas baby, Sonia Johnson, Uh uh-huh, Sonia Johnson, this is my aunt. Emma Jewell and Uncle William's daughter. Charity Howard, December the Charity 20th. Howard. Ch- Charity Howard. Okay. Kenny James, December the 1st. Terrell Sims, December the 16th. And Vanessa. Sims, December the seventeenth. That's Anisha, and I'm only I'm only correcting these names because I know they'll say something if we don't. So yeah, that's Anisha. It's a little bit hard though. I agree. Anisha. 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 Okay, we have a cruise set well, up. Happy and and, and 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 darling, real quick, just happy birthday to y'all. I know it's. It's in the future, but happy birthday to everybody listening that have a birthday coming up. Happy birthday. Hey, okay, uh, the Kenny James. Oh, do you have someone? Uh, 
Don? Yeah, let me give a shout out for my son had a birthday on the twentieth of March before the song. And he uh he's working tonight, but he had a birthday and our host, Mr. Seth Turner's brother Morris Turner, had a Thanksgiving birthday. And uh, oh, not only yeah. was he blessed to be born on Thanksgiving Day, he also got stuffed and was able to play and exercise his skills as a musician. He is an avid drummer. I like to let somebody out there know that if you ever need someone to participate, he's a drummer that you can call. Yes, yes, yes. And 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 again, happy birthday to all those. And and I think we called Mars' name last show, Don, or either the show before that. What we try to do is from December one to December thirty first, we're gonna continue to call these same birthdays over and over and over. So. Uh, I think we did get Mars at the beginning of November, though. But thank you anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let me add Dominique Wester, December the 28th. Okay, great. Okay, are we ready for the cruise? We're ready. Okay. The cruise is going to be October 2016. It's going to start October the 15th through the 22nd. That's Saturday to Saturday. It's leaving out of Galveston, Texas. Excuse me. And the price is based on two people to a room. Balcony is your most expensive one. It's $787. $787. Ocean View is $607. Interior is $527. And um, there's a $50 deposit to hold a room. And, and this is the breaker here. You have to have $200 paid by March the 15th. And the final payment is due July 15th. So. Okay. And it's going to Cosmel, Mexico, Belize City, Belize, Mahogany Bay. And the price includes all port charges, taxes, and meals. And all you need is an official birth certificate and a government ID. Did you have something, Kevin? I mean, Seth? No, no, no. I just wanted to update on those two things. Um, that was good. That was good. And I was just thinking, March is, if you have $200, but they give you a little bit of time, though. You have three months. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. And also, <laughs> uh, why are you doing Right? I mean, am I getting that right, Don? What do you think? You think March is enough time for people to, if they really want to go to Flop down for this uh, cruise. What do you think? Well, I think that since it's uh, the first of December, that should be ample enough time. Of course, it all depends on your financial ability, but I think it can be worked out if persons see that they may have challenges if they can contact Darlene and see what's going on with them. 
But I believe that uh, if we really believe in each other, we can make those deadlines. Right. Okay. And uh, also, they get that really is like four months. That's like fifty dollars a month if you do the math. So, I think that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, darling. Uh, but darling, I want you to go over where where all that cruise. Say it again. It's good, but it could be better. I mean, if it's husband, wife, and two kids, that's two hundred dollars per person. Well, they may not want to do a family thing on this particular one. The way I look at that. <laughs> okay. But listen, okay. <laughs> what what did where are they going? Where all is the cruise going? I mean, you've mentioned it before, but just for those that's listening for the first time, where is this cruise going? It's going all, to Cozumel. Cozumel, Mexico, Belize City, Belize, Mahogany Bay. That's in Honduras. Sounds nice. Okay. Sounds nice. Never been to Honduras. Never been to Central America. I've been to South America. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Belize and Honduras. I really would like to see those places. Well, any more announcements? Any, any Don? You got anything? Any more announcements before we move on? Before we move on? No, not right now. Not right uh, now. I okay. Need, I need to tell them about Essence because that's another big one. And then plus, I was saying that it was July first, second, and third, where it actually starts June the thirtieth, that Thursday. So it's four days, and um, it's not just music and partying. It's a lot of speakers there, you know, like Al Sharpton, P.D., Jake, Steve Harvey, Jesse Jackson. There's empowerment workshops, classroom settings, makeovers. You even have a chance to win a Ford Mustang. And the music consists of gospel, wow. jazz, ocean, that's nice. That's nice. And hip hop. Um, there's a lot of history in New Orleans. They have the parks, the grave sites, and they even have workshops for job opportunities there also. Yeah, I and heard you about have that. The, the plantation. I went on the swamp tour once. And the food's Did really you really? How was the swamp <laughs> yeah. What is that all about? Uh, you're going along and you you in this, like, muddy water with the ragweeds. I call it ragweeds. And the guy's talking where the alligators are, like, swimming around the boat. You know, because oh, they, they're friendly. <laughs> they're friendly because they know his voice. And they know that he's going to feed them. Really? <laughs> what I'm saying. I only went that once, but it's great food. Um, the deal with that is when you call and make your hotel reservation, make sure you ask for the Essence Music Festival rate. It's a Essence saving music. of maybe $100 a night on a hotel room. Uh, what did she say? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. So that's pretty much it. And um, the tickets are on sale now as far as getting a ticket to the concert. 
But here's the kicker. Okay. What's the they kicker? They have a lineup, but they're not telling you what night who's going to be there. So it's kind of like it's like a trick because they want you to buy a ticket for all night. And um, that'll come into some money. Oh, they're smart. Oh, Give them points. Mm-hmm. Okay, and well, we are still piecing together the family reunion for 2017. And okay. the date again is August the 3rd, 4th, and 5th. That's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, we're at the beginning stage because there's not too much we can do as far as uh, making things concrete. Good. Okay. Great. That's um, good stuff. And another thing I wanted to tell everybody, um, I attended uh, Springfield Baptist Church in Rockdale, Texas on um, November the 15th. The MC of the hour was our very own Yvonne William Johnson, and she was the oh, MC okay. of the hour. And okay. she was there because her great-grandfather, which was Raleigh Williams, was the very first minister of that church. And that was 143 years ago. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, and she now did how, a, how, how, help us remind us who she is again. Uh, I know you okay. said her name, but how is she related? She she is Isabel Kennedy Douglas niece. Jim Kennedy, okay, okay. which is Isabella's brother. Um so she is like um on the Kennedy side. She's Jim Kennedy's great granddaughter. Oh, and um while we're at it my mom's going to be 85 years old, March the 5th, and we're planning a birthday party, and I can give you all more information. But it's going to be March 5th. It's on a Saturday. She's going to be 85, so we're going to do it up. Okay. All right. Well, we have to keep that in mind. It's a, it's a little bit ways, but we'll we'll keep that in mind. It's a good idea y'all even thinking about your mom in that way. Hopefully, I'll be able to get down there to um, Mount the Mount. Uh, well, your mom is in Austin, or is she in, in um, Rockwell? She's in Rockdale. Rock, okay. Well, maybe I'll be able to get down there. And by the way, folks, uh, Don, you are you and Darling. I have a question for y'all. Our families spring up out of Mount Zion community. Do anybody know where, where they get the name Mount Zion from? That was oh. just something I thought of earlier. Anybody know what, how they get that name? Mount Zion? Darling. Yeah, I our don't. people. We don't have to spend any time on it if y'all don't know. Just think about it, though. Where did they get the name Mount Zion from? I got an idea, but I'm not going to share it, it now. Mount it Zion. Mount Zion. It's what now? It has a biblical background. And yeah. I know. Most there people, you go. Uh, most people adopt uh, the terminology Mount Zion because it 
it is symbolic or synonymous with the the kingdom of God. And that is from my own interpretation. Now, to be accurate, I'm not going to say I'm 100% accurate, but I will say from my own biblical study that when you name your church, this is Mount Zion, and it is the mountain of God and the place of power in the it's just an idea I had, a fleeting, just a fleeting thought, you know. Uh, go ahead. It says that it's a place where you know God and where you grow in God and where you share life with others in the community. I, just, I thought that's um, very interesting. But way back then, there was a lot of black establishment calling themselves Zion from Garvey to the New York movement, uh, can't think of the name. Uh, the um, had a anyway. I don't want to get too much on that. I just it was just a thought. I thought maybe you get one of you guys knew of it, just uh, briefed up on it. But anyway, folks, again, you're listening to. I see some. I see some new people. Say that again. There's a church there. There's a church there in the community also, and it is Mount Zion. So. Uh, that make a lot of sense. Maybe it came got it from the name of the church. Well, that'll be something we can research later. But anyway, family, I see some new faces popping in. Uh, again, folks, you're listening to the Douglas Candy Family and Friends Network. I'm Seth, all the way in Fort Worth, and we have on the line also. Go ahead, Darlene. Darlene Douglas, all the way from Austin, Texas. And the one and only. <laughs> I say, Go ahead, Donald. the one in Donald Shaw from Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, folks. So you got three, three uh, instead of two tonight, and we're just going to be swinging a lot of different things. This is open forum, folks. This is open forum. What does that mean? That means we're going to be talking about whatever is on your mind. We have a few things on the table. We have a few. Yes, we have a few table topics. But we really is interested in what's on your mind. So if ever you feel free to press one on that phone line, do it tonight. Do it tonight because tonight is open for me. It's just that simple. But we do have a few things that I just have to know what the family think about, and I'll bring those up a little later. In the meantime, what we want to do is we got to pay a, a very important message, folks, a very important message. It's a health message, but it is very important. Um, hold on, let me just. Turn it off for a second. This message, I, I cannot stress to you how important it is for those of you that know those that have diabetes or um, is a pre-diabetes state or have diabetes, have had it for a while. You cannot, cannot um, miss this next presentation. I would warn you, have a pen, pencil, maybe a recorder by your side because this doctor, is not going to be playing tonight. This is not Dr. Stiff. This is another doctor. Uh, he's going to be sharing. This is Dr. Don Colbert. Don Colbert. You might want to write that name down because you're going to like what he's saying. I don't get nothing but the best for you, for, for your family. And this gentleman has a uh, audio that's all over the net. You probably can find it on anywhere, I would think. Try uh, YouTube. That's where I got it from. It's, and the name of it is called Five Steps to Reversing. Diabetes type 2 Five steps to reversing Diabetes type 2 After we get done with him We'll get into the meat of the matter 
Actually, this is the meat of the matter, though. You can't get no more media than diabetes type 2. So, anyway, check this out, folks, and we'll be right back. Doctor, one of your other books mm-hmm. uh, is Reversing Diabetes. We're talking about type 2 diabetes. Correct. Probably one of, if not the most, talked about health concerns, I think, right now in the country. How did we get to this point? Let's start with that. Real simple. Obesity epidemic. Mm-hmm. Diabetes epidemic follows the obesity epidemic. And so as the waistline goes, the blood sugar will go. And so, again, one of the big things we find that in men, first thing I do is I get their waist measurement in a man less than 40 inches. But it has to be around the umbilicus or navel or belly button and got to include the love handles. We've got to get the waistline mm-hmm. down. And uh, there's a few key things, but that's one of the most important. And then we have to put them on the right diet, okay? And again, we avoid sugar. We also avoid most wheat and cornstarch. Now you're saying, why on earth would you take a patient's off wheat? Well, we find that wheat contains mainly two starches. One is amylopectin A. 75% of wheat is amylopectin A. That's wheat crackers, that's wheat cereal, that's pasta, that's bagels, that's pretzels, that's anything with wheat. Now, the problem with amylopectin and the other 25% is amylose, which is in beans primarily, which is a good starch. Low glycemic index, fine. The amylopectin A, however, raises, raises that blood sugar very rapidly for two hours, and it crashes, but it spikes that blood sugar, which causes a tremendous amount of insulin secretion, and then it gets you stuck in high insulin levels, which eventually leads to type prediabetes then mm-hmm. type two di- or insulin resistance, ty- uh, prediabetes, type 2 diabetes. It's real simple. So we find that when we cut out our wheat products, our sugar products, as well as our cornstarch, and I, again, I put them on anti-inflammatory diet. Mm-hmm. The anti-inflammatory diet is the key because if we can decrease inflammation, we can generally um, keep the blood sugars controlled. And then also what we do is we put them on a good exercise program. Exercise is very important, but here's the key. We want to build up the large muscle groups the thighs, uh, the buttocks, the back. We find by increasing the large muscle groups, it literally sucks sugar out of the bloodstream, lowers the blood sugar beautifully, and we combine them with aerobic exercise. It's important to do both the aerobic and the anaerobic or the weightlifting exercise to build the muscle up. The other thing we do is we balance the hormones. We find most prediabetics and diabetics have low hormones uh, in men, low testosterone. We check a total and free testosterone. We simply bring it up to normal using transdermal creams, Rarely use injections, or we can use pellet therapy, testosterone pellets. And we also balance the other hormones, the DHEA, pregnenolone, because those are generally low too. Mm-hmm. And then in women, we usually, the one that really affects them is the estrogen. We find their estradiol levels low. We simply balance their estradiol, and we also balance their um, progesterone with it. And we find many of these women pre-diabetic actually have too much testosterone, so we don't want to give them mm-hmm. that. Because what's interesting, high testosterone in women causes, we see more belly fat. The more belly fat they have, the more testosterone women make. The more belly fat a man has, the more estradiol he makes, which is really unusual. And the mm-hmm. more C-reactive protein or, that both of them make, which is highly inflammatory, associated with heart disease and strokes and cancer and all these other diseases. So that's simply what we do. And then we put them on a few key supplements that are very simple that, that really lower that blood sugar after they eat. See, it's the sugar spikes after people eat that really does the damage. And, and what happens when that sugar spikes up 200, 300, they, we get what we call glucotoxicity, where the high sugar actually damages the beta cells of the pancreas, which secrete insulin. 
so that once those beta cells uh, diminish and or die, and there's less than 50% of those uh, beta cells available, the body cannot simply produce enough insulin. They're stuck in type 2 diabetes the rest of their life, but it usually takes about 10 years or longer for that to form. Mm. So we've reversed so many type 2 diabetics simply with this simple program. It works. It works amazing. And um, again, the few key supplements, we'll use some green coffee bean extract and we'll use some cinnamon extract as well as some soluble fiber. And wow, that just, like, for example, when, let's say a diabetic eats a piece of bread. That sugar will spike usually uh, 70 to 120 points high, higher. So in other words, if their blood sugar is around 120, it'll go up to 190 to 240 after eating one to two slices of bread. Non-diabetic, it'll spike 40 to 80 points, see. So what we've found is we have to control that spike, and the way to control that spike is, is eliminate the foods that trigger the spike. Well, so does white rice. That's why I go through the book, what foods trigger? White rice, potato, instant potatoes, but especially the wheat, even whole wheat. And this mm. is the thing most people don't understand. Whole wheat still has the amylopectin A. Even sprouted breads will do it, like Ezekiel bread, sprouted breads, which a lot of people don't understand. But it's because of that starch that's in the wheat, the amylopectin A spikes the sugar, which spikes the insulin, which gets them stuck in insulin resistance, prediabetes, diabetes. So again, we work on the waistline, we get the waist down, we get the weight off of them, we put them on the anti-inflammatory diet, we exercise them both aerobic as well as um, building the muscles with anaerobic exercise. And then once we get them really in shape, I switch them over to a high-intensity interval training. And what that does, it really expands the muscles, hypertrophies the muscles, and shrinks the waist. It's amazing how that shrinks the waist better than most anything else. And then just a few key supplements, we balance the hormones, and boom, reverse the type 2 diabetes. It's real simple. And if somebody has type 2 diabetes or is close to getting there, mm -hmm. the long-term effects of that, I mean, why mm -hmm. should somebody want to reverse that? I mean, what's, what's down the road <laughs> oh, well, if they don't turn around? Well, well, first of all, four to five times higher risk of heart attack and stroke. Also, much higher risk of cancer, much higher risk of dying early, much higher risk of developing kidney disease, uh, peripheral vascular disease, diabetic retinopathy, diabetic neuropathy, Alzheimer's disease. It's just like they've signed up for every major disease and it's coming at them at warp speed. Mm -hmm. So again, they should, but again, the other thing I tell women, women with diabetes, hey, it makes you age faster. When a person has diabetes, uh, the, what happens is the sugar combines with the protein and creates an advanced glycation end product. These products are, cause 50 times more free radical formation. And what, what happens is they literally, they, they, they affect every organ in the body, every tissue. And they, they're irreversible once they form. They age the body very rapidly. They can't be broken down. And so it literally, uh, these organs get um, inundated with these toxic chemicals that are formed from the sugar. And it starts to slowly uh, damage and degenerate organs, the skin starts to wrinkle and age and sag at warp speed. And that's why I tell my women, hey, and they, it wakes them up. Are you, you mean I'm aging fast with this? I've got to reverse this now. And the men, I say, hey, you're going toward a, you know, erectile dysfunction. You, it's just a matter of time, a few years, you'll have it. It'll be here, but it, you will not be able to resurrect it. It'll be gone. That's it. So I get their attention. And so I found the hot buttons for men. We talk about erectile dysfunction, and we, we you know, also talk about the disease in women. We tell them, hey, they're aging at warp speed, and we get their attention.
Hey, folks, we're back. We're back. I want to again welcome uh, those just popping the phone lines, better late than never, to an episode of the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. Tonight I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Darlene Douglas, all the way in Austin, Texas, and Donald Jr., or Don Charles, most of you know him by. Um, Don, Darlene, welcome back. Uh, what did y'all think of that clip uh, about diabetes? I can tell you, I think that diabetes clip is very informative. Anytime it goes into such detail, it makes you want to stop and listen. But at the same time, it makes you wonder, what can I eat? What is the proper diet for me? I know. I know. When he mentioned bread, I'm like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man! I know. But, uh, I me some and yeah, I it's serious sugar. though. It's, it's serious fantastic. though. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of humorous that that you were putting the clip on when doing the Thanksgiving dinner. My brother Eric, he was saying, "Man, you 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 you're walking this way." I said, "What you talking about?" He said, "All that sugar you put in your tea." Well, you know I love tea, man. And most of us got some type of vice that works against us, but when but we all like food. But the way food is processed and manufactured now, you almost got to go back to the good black dirt, grow your own stuff, just to be healthy, or either yeah, be wise in your food intake and what you consume. It's Don. It's purely depressing. Actually, it's like you don't know what to eat, and it seems like everything you like, that's what you can't eat, and what you hate. That's what's good for you. And the more you hate it, the the better it is for <laughs> you. <laughs> what's your take what's on that, Miss Darling? Um, oh my God, it was very informative, you know, because everybody knows someone that has diabetes. Every family has it, and it's. You know, I actually think that's a cure, but they're not going to tell us that because they're going to lose out on money. Right. That's right. just the thought. Just, just thought. Yes, yes, yes. Well, listen, family, again, um, uh, we have a lot coming at you tonight. Tonight is open forum. Remember, those of you on the phone lines, don't be afraid. Don't be shy tonight, folks. Press 1. Anything you want to talk about, don't feel like, oh, that's going to be off topic. There is no such thing as off topic tonight. Tonight is open forum. Whatever is on your mind, you press that 1 on your phone, and we will entertain that question or comment. Not a problem. Not a problem, all right? And by the way, okay. I uh, later on, like, hold on one second. Uh, later on, we do have coming your way, as I put out in the promo, uh, Mr. William B. Johnson will be sharing some financial tips to the family. He'll be sharing his wisdom, some things he learned along his life journey, and you can't miss it. That's coming up. Um, we have some table topics on the table, some topics on the table uh, that we'll bring up if we don't get any takers on the phone line, that is. And uh, just, like I said, we just really open, laid back tonight. we just family talking to one another, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. These are the, the the best shows to me when we don't have a whole lot of things going on. Yeah. Uh, uh, but go ahead, darling. Don't forget, we need the rules. Be positive, 
be patient, pretty much keep it clean. You were hurt. We needed to tell people that. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right, and she's so right. I've just kind of got away, but, folks, whatever you do, keep it clean, keep it positive, but we definitely want to know what's on your mind. We want to know what's on your mind, family, but just like she said, keep it Keep it clean. Keep it positive. And, and here's the philosophy behind it. A lot of, and this phone line is full. You know what? I have to acknowledge y'all, little late birds coming in. At least y'all came and y'all came. Okay, we probably got about eight people in the last 15 minutes. So a lot of people didn't hear the opening song. Y'all missed that, Karen Clark Cheer. What did y'all think here, by the way, that we need to be prayed up, that funky song? What do you think of that, Don? I know you like music. Me? Well, you. I'm going to Okay. <laughs> this is what I say. <laughs> Everybody in the family believes in God whether they say they do or not. Because once okay. they get to being to at that point of death, their subconscious mind says, oh, my God, either outwardly or internally. So you got to stay prayed up and believe in the God of the universe so that that God can protect you on a daily basis. And we all know who that God is. Amen, amen, amen on that. And those that don't know, well, I got the masters for them. But you got to stay prayed up, man, because it's war out here. Isn't that right? Amen, amen. I agree with that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but but, it's war. It's but like I told everybody, go ahead, Don. My bad. I thought you would have finished. Yeah, I am. I just basically want to know that we got to stay prayed up. I'm saying it humorously, but I'm not trying to be a fanatic or anything. But you got to stay prayed up because there's so many challenges that we face daily, daily. So we need that divine protection on our, our daily walk. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it back off that and say when we say prayed up, what does that mean? Because religious folks sometimes people that when you quit walking with God but you keep acting like you're walking with God, that's what we call religious folk. And sometimes people and not saying we none of us are that way, but there are people that will say prayed up and they just mean I don't know what they they just mean some religious. But when I think of prayed up it's your prayer life is at a point where you believe and you're trusting the Father. That's all it is. It's not a certain amount of time you got to be praying hours and hours out. I mean, if it takes that, it takes that. But prayed up just means you're ready for whatever go down. Like right now, some go down right now. Terrorist attack right now, right now in your apartment, in your home, right now. You're ready. You're confident. You know God got your back. That's prayed up. That you ready for whatever go down, you know, like they say in the streets, you know, you got to be ready for whatever, you know. Even some of the street guys got that, got a stronger devotion to their craft than some of us believers. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The Bible says we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. Demon spirits are real. Uh, the spiritual warfare is real. And I know we're having a blog here, but I got to just keep it real. So when we play these little songs, when I pick these songs, I'm not trying to be cute. I'm trying to get the family to really think about what is being said. So in that in that little funky vibe, actually, it's been so many people show up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I want to actually play that clip again. We'll just play half of it. Yeah, how do y'all feel about that? Should we do it or should we not? Talk I'll to me, family. Come here. The clip on diabetes? 
I'm thinking she's no, all I'm talk- no, 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 no. I'm talking about this song just just to get a little because we've been talking about it, man. Some people don't know what we're talking about, so I just want to just just a little bit. We just again, folks, ain't no ain't in no certain mode tonight. We just. Doing our thing, hanging out with family tonight. Again, this is open forum, folks, but I just want y'all to hear the words of this song. Don't be patting your feet too hard. Listen to the words of this song, uh, Karen Clark Shears, saying we need to be prayed up. I want y'all to check this out. Then we're going to come right back. We're not going to play the whole song. Just just, just a little bit for you. Those, it's so many that came in late, and I just don't want you to miss out. That's all. That's the only reason why I'm doing it. We'll be right back, though. God is on your side. 
Your prayer life is your protection. Amen. Amen. Well, I will share some experiences, but I will spare y'all those experiences. But one day, this family, this family is going to do a show on spiritual warfare. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, when we do this show and bring the kind of people I know in this family on this radio station to talk about serious spiritual warfare, the kind of spiritual warfare that uh, I know that lots of people in this family have experienced. But for sure, when we was young kids coming up at Prayer Faith Temple, my mother made sure that we always went to church, and I sure hated that. But we saw some things in our churches, in those Pentecostal churches, that I guarantee you, that could address a lot of what we see in our world today. And so, folks, it ain't just a little cute song. We need to truly be prayed up and confident in the Creator, confident He's got our back, confident that He's going to protect us, confident that He's going to lead and guide us. It just can't be a religion. You know, if we just practicing going through the motions and we don't believe, that's what you call a religious person. Otherwise, there's those people that have a relationship, and they're no more religious. Let me just say this before we move on. I know we got William B. coming. Again, we got William B. Johnson coming with spiritual advice. We got some hot table topics coming at you, and a lot of hopefully family with some questions on the open line. But let me just say this. It is so much I can say about spiritual warfare, folks. But um, uh, hold on, hold on. Let me just go on to get my train of thought. Sometimes I get so excited, get so intense. I get so excited about what I'm going to say. Go ahead. You get your get your train of thought, and I'm going to piggyback on this because we don't want we don't want the extended family that may not be as spiritual as you are to feel like this is just a a church forum, but what we're trying to do is inform everyone that it is spiritual warfare. It is. And just as you're trying to get your trend of thought, the unseen world of the Antichrist or the enemies of God attack you. Every time you walk out your door, it seems like you, you would do good and something goes wrong. That's a spiritual attack. Now it can be, it can be argued that no, that's not real. Man, we don't believe in all that stuff. But sometimes we have to do our research, both biblically and scientifically, and we'll come to the realization that we are not alone in this world as human beings. Am I am I am yeah. I getting too far? You know, no, I got it. I, I remember it now. Take your time, but I got it back now. You got it back? I got it back. Okay. Were you, do, were, like were you done? No, I just okay. want I'm going I'm going to finish with I'm gonna, I'm going to stop, but we are at war with the enemies of our faith. And I and whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, it's important that we just do our research and see how we stand in the world of God in the world of, of man. Yeah, and, and, 
And where I was going with that, folks, and we're not going to do it tonight, so don't y'all get worried and afraid. You, you, <laughs> I give you a fair warning, okay? We're going to stick with the agenda tonight, open forum. Of course, this is open forum. We can talk about whatever, though, be honest with you. Technically, we are, are totally in line with the show's content. But I didn't plan on saying it, so we're going to do it tonight. But one of these shows, family, because I know on the Dugan side, and on, I shouldn't name the name, but on the Addy side, we got some praying for we. And a lot of our family don't know really what kind of power is in this family. Oh, I, again, I shouldn't name any name because I'm probably going to miss somebody. But every single interview or uh, interview we had on anybody, everybody we interviewed had some. When they, the older the, the, the person were, we were talking about to seem like the more spiritual they were. Seemed like all of Ed and Isabel children. Children was very spiritual I don't know if Ed and Isabel was But I know that for sure their children were I mean I don't know Maybe Darlene can correct me on that But I don't know But all I'm saying is this folks At some point We've got to understand that this world Is about more than just money it's, Even though money is important And, and, and uh, our cousin William B Is going to come on the line to, to explain that a little bit Share some light on that we understand money is a tool, but our world is vastly spiritual, folks. Everything we see, taste, touch, and smell come from a thought. Just think how how powerless our world is. Just think for just a real quick second. It's going to take me two minutes. Just think about how powerless our world is compared to the spiritual realm. Watch this. Everything you see. Can you see it? Can you taste it? Can you touch it? Can you feel it? It has an expiration tag on it. It has an expiration tag on it. One day it too will die. Now, everything that, you, that we're talking about that I just mentioned was a thought first. What's more important, the thought or what we got from the thought? We glory in our technology, but you know half of this technology was ain't even complete. The inventors of the technology would say, "Oh, I had a better idea, but I was high that day I and didn't quite finish it." <laughs> All I'm saying is the spiritual realm is 15 billion times more important than the natural. Why we don't want to talk about spiritual things? Why we write people off as crazy when they start talking about spiritual things? I don't know, but I can assure you that I thank my mother, first and foremost, for putting us in an environment where we saw it firsthand. And then when I grew up, and again, uh, 30 seconds here, when I grew up, family, I found out for myself because I, 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 I threw up everything or tried to throw up everything Molly ever taught me or Billy and the church had ever taught me. I wanted to learn it for myself. I wanted to learn spiritual warfare for myself. So I did just that. Now, when you do that and you say, okay, I'm not going to ride on my mama's teaching. I'm not riding on grandma's teaching. I want to know the spiritual world for myself. Now, you don't enter into something completely different. That's where I both dance with the Holy Spirit and I dance with the devil. And anybody tell me that the spiritual realm is not real is, well, I ain't going to even finish that sentence. Anyway, so. Are y'all ready for Mr. William B? I think we should go ahead and have him on about now. What do y'all feel? Don, you ready? Darlene, you ready? I'm ready. 
I'm ready. Don, we just wanna. We're ready. Well, we let me just make like sure. Okay. All right. Well, William, I think this is you. If you're in the house, go ahead and press one. I think I see him, but I'm not really sure. Area code two one zero. I think I see Mr. William B. Johnson. If that's you, press one. Otherwise, we need to give him a little more time to come. It's not very many people that call from the 210 area code, so that's why I'm assuming that's him. I think that may be him. But, again, William, oh, hold on. Before he do that, I have a question. Uh, But, William, if you're in the house, please press 1 on your phone right about now, please. But while he's um, doing that or coming back to the phone, maybe he stepped away to get a cup of coffee or something, we have a question or a comment at area code 404. Six four one. I'm gonna go ahead and open up your phone lines. Eric code four four six four one. Go ahead with your question or comment. Who am I speaking with? This is Elder Joe Williams here in Atlanta. Hi. Oh, I remember that voice. Yeah. How you guys doing? Yeah. How you doing? Long Elder? time no see. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I've been pr- I've been pretty busy. I. You know, probably the, the craziest part of my life, but uh, I was just wanting to weigh in because you guys were talking about the spiritual warfare. And um, it really, to me, in my personal opinion, it's really not a war because if you really truly believe in what God's doing in your life, it's not a war. What happens is that those uh, those bullets that uh, generally hit you in a war, uh, if you believe in God, they bounce right off of you. Because, see, what it is is that in ministry, no one really totally gives of himself, and that's what God wants. God wants us to totally give in and give of ourselves. And when we do that, we we live you know relatively happy lives, even though everyone around you doesn't seem to be doing quite as well. And He does ask us to be mentors, to extend our arm back and pull somebody forward so that they're at the same level as you. Not necessarily have to be ahead, but if they have, if they're ahead, they can certainly do that. But I, I uh, do believe in the spiritual warfare, but I don't use a lot of energy thinking about it because the more energy that I think about the spiritual warfare, the it sort of puts me back in that battle, and I'm 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 above that. God has, you know, praised me and He's raised me and He's given me that ever loving strength to transform and to help whomever while I'm helping myself, and that's really how I handle things through my ministry. You can call it warfare. You, can, you could actually put a lot of labels on it. And I'm sure that the gentleman who's coming up next, I'm, I'm very excited by listening and hearing um, how he feels about spiritual warfare and some of the other topics that I'm sure he'll bring up. But I'm excited about being on the line. I do miss you guys. I have just been busy the last few Tuesdays, and um, my uncle reminds me that I need to get on here and just listen and be a part of what we're doing with this uh, this new movement called Our Family. Amen, amen. Is that your Uncle Melvin? That is correct. Well, tell him hello, hello. But, well, listen, uh-huh. I'll, 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 I'll ask you this question. Um, I like what you said. You know, I can't really disagree with that because the Bible talks about his burden being light, and, and then entering into his rest, a Sabbath, a Shabbat, which we all supposed to be entering into once we, if we trust him in the most. It's kind of like a kid. It's a kid at warfare. As long as his daddy isn't around, 
Not really. If it's if it, kid, kid can be going through all kind of stuff. As long as he got a father, he's at peace. He's somewhere playing on the playground. So I, I have to agree with you on that level. On another level, however, though, if we say to most people, well, only people we can say is not at war is those that are truly, truly, 100% Joe, trusting in the Most High. If they're doing what you just described, they're not at war. You're right. They just have to trust. But even in the trust, there is a war to keep the faith. Do you agree with that? Isn't isn't TV trying to get us to doubt our Father? Isn't the world trying to get us to doubt our faith? Isn't isn't it a battle to just keep believing? Look at the children of Israel. Real quick, real quick. Children of Israel, the Most High opens up the Red Sea. I mean, he opens up the sea for them. These folks walked around on dirt with mm-hmm. waters on the side of them, and they saw Pharaoh try to do the same, and was all of them was killed. And they danced like a bunch of crazy people. They just parted. And the Bible says not even a few days later, they start fearing that Moses had brought them over into Egypt to die. Now, if that ain't a classic example of, of your faith being tested, so if we can keep that faith, you're right. You're absolutely right. We're not in war. We're at peace. Well, let me, let me interject. Let me, let me interject okay. on that. When I read the Bible, when I'm in my non-Christian mode, it scares the living daylight out of me because there's so much violence in the Bible. And we we often talk about restoration and rebuking this and transforming that. And then you go in there and you find out that all kinds of things are going on in the Bible. And you think, well, gosh, I want to gravitate to the Bible because this is this is supposed to be the movement of God and this is supposed to save me and this is supposed to sanctify me. But then you read that, you I mean, I could go and give you at least 15, 20 passages off the top that I think, wow, <laughs> the Bible sometimes, and, and, and I know some people are like, wow, are you saying the Bible scares me? Go go through the first two or three chapters alone after you get past who had this person and this person, he, he lived this many years and then he bore this many kids and this many sons and daughters and then he passed and so forth. Go get way past that. And you'll see how almost immediately, even the Cain and Abel situation, and you think, my God, that's my brother. And and then you think about how it's transforming life today. You 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 look at the Ferguson issues and all these different things where people are killing each other and so forth. And in Africa, they call it culling <laughs> when they cull the animals because once animals get anyway, I, I could probably go really too deep into this, but. There's there's so much about the Bible that again even in my adult life and my reading and so forth I have to transform that somehow to make sense especially when you go out in front of people to share that story and those scriptures so I apologize for cutting you off but it just the Bible sometimes does still scare me. Well, listen. Let me say this and and, and darling, if you and Don want to jump in, please feel free. But Joe is. It's asking some very interesting questions And folks, family, that's what we're here for That's what this particular show is all about So you're totally in line, brother I mean, really and truly And we're going to bring on Mr. William B And we got plenty of time So don't be rushed But let me just say this about the Bible 
I don't know everything. Let's get this out of the way, okay? This is just what I perceive in my studies. And what I perceive in my studies, the big question that everybody is asking, the big elephant in the room is, if there is a God, why in hell, yes, I said that, is he allowing all, all of these people to die in Africa? Why is he allowing all these this racism going on? Why did he allow my mother to die so early? Why did he take my sister? And this is what people have to understand. I had a, a relative of mine, I'm not going to say who it was, but they was very intelligent. They sat down with me one day and they said, so you believe in that God in the Old Testament? I say, I sure do. And they say, I say, you don't? He said, no, I sure don't. I say, why? They, he said, because he was a crazy MF. I say, what? Now listen what he said. He said, that's a liar. He's talking about the God of the Old Testament, but let me show you how people get the Bible totally mixed up. He said that God told Adam and Eve that if they eat of the garden, that they would surely die. And the day you eat therein, it will surely die. Now, when they ate, did they fall dead? I say, no. That's what I mean. He is a liar. And I'm saying, whoa, 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 whoa. It depends on what you thinking he meant when he said dead. The day they ate thereof, they went and hid. They lost their identity. They was ashamed. That was a type of death if you used to walk in with the father in the garden. He looked at me real strange because he never heard that. Sometimes we use modern modern terms to identify an ancient God. Now, God gives us the authority. He says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So he created this big old planet. But Job, he gives the authority to man. He told Israel, you don't need a king. We want a king. You don't need a king. They said, he said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and give you a king. He changed his mind because he, he, he respects man's will. Israel got a king. All hell broke loose. They ended up having to fight, cut off people's ears, going to wars. And he was with them in war. All that bloodshed. But where did it come from? He was working with his man's choice. He never wanted that bloodshed. So when people look at the Bible and they see all that bloodshed, the first thing they think of, this is a God of blood. He... No, folks, he gave us the uh, dominion and the authority. We just take that dominion and authority, and we do foolish things with it. Then we call on him, and he has to work with us in our mess. He allowed Israel to have a king. He could have just kept saying, I don't want y'all to have a king. Nope, 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 nope. But he gave us free will. That's what makes us different than the angels. So Israel won the king, he gave them the king, and he started working with each one of their kings. I don't know no other better way to say it than that. So. Well check well check this out. The first thing that we do when something's not going going right. Oh, I gotta I gotta go pray. I gotta go get Jesus. I gotta I mean think about all the, the, the multitude of lines that come up when you when you're in, in bad shape. That's the first thing you do. But why don't we call for him when things are going well? You know, and I think even folks on this line probably have to kinda of scratch their head just a little bit and they gotta say, you know what, it's true. Anytime something goes wrong, can't pay your rent. Your car just broke down. I got a flat tire. Oh, Jesus. How many times do you hear that? <laughs> but when things are going well and you're and you sitting there at dinner and you've got this great meal and something's perfect and things like you don't say, oh, Jesus. You know, think about all those things. And it's kind of interesting, but I, I'm really excited about hearing the pastor come on in just a moment. 
So I think I've used enough of my time, so I'm going to sit back a little bit and go, how do I unmute this? Well, listen, you just press one again. And, Joe, if you want to come back on in this show, you can come back on many times as possible. But right now I need you to press one. So there you go. There you go. All right, darling, any uh, comments on what Joe just said? Those very Joe, your hand is still up. Press one. Press one. Still press one. Your hand is still up, Joe. I want to make sure you can come back on later. Your hand is still up, Joe. If you can just press one one time mm-hmm. on your phone. But but Don, while he's pressing one, Darlene, Don, any comments on what he said before we bring on William? I just like to say that it's up to the individual to experience the power of God for himself because right. it depends on what you what you, how you've been trained, what you've learned. But I can tell you this, the same things you said, some same questions he said, we all face those challenges. But I have come to the realization that yes, we are at war, and it's how we view it. But the Bible says that, he says, my, my goodness is right. It's how we take it. If we put it under the hands of the Lord, he'll take it off our shoulders. Amen. Amen. It's very true. It's very true. Okay, uh, Miss Darlene, go ahead with your, you have any comments on what Mr. Joe Williams just shared? No. No, I don't. Okay. Well, folks, we won't wait another further. We'll go ahead and bring on Mr. William. B. Johnson, still a music in the background while he's coming on with his tips and advice on finances. Okay, area code 210-653. Go ahead, you're on the air, Mr. William B. Johnson. All right, good evening. How are you? Oh, we're doing really good, sir. How are you doing? Good, good. I, I really appreciate that music very much, Seth, that near the cross. I mean, no one can... Can sing that little song like uh, like the singer that you had. So that's outstanding to work music uh, into it. This is kind of switching gears, though, going from talking about spiritual things to money and credit. But let's uh, let's have a let's give it a try. A lot of us uh, in the family use something called credit monitoring, and that's uh, that that's okay, I guess, for many people. But uh, actually, though, that's only useful. After you've been victimized, it's almost like uh, closing the door after the horse has left the barn. So credit monitoring does cost, and uh, we might want to give a thought to another approach. Another approach is something called a freeze. When a freeze is in place, credit bureaus are prevented from releasing a file to potential creditors. So you can have a freeze put on your, you know, your credit report. Uh, you can do that. It's going to cost uh, a little bit to do that, but that can prove to be very useful for a lot of people. However, if you're 65 years of age and older, you can initiate a fee, uh, freeze for free. And also, victims of ID theft can have a freeze now, initiated now, for free. Now, now, hold on. I like that. I love what you're saying. I had saw a commercial on that. But elaborate, because I can hear somebody saying, what is a freeze? I know you kind of hit it a little bit. But what exactly is the benefits of a freeze? Well, actually, a freeze is when uh, you uh, have to give permission for the uh, creditor to uh, release information about you. 
That's what it is. In other words, they have these credit bureaus. They have information on us. But uh, if you freeze it, then they must get your permission prior to releasing it. That, that's basically what, uh, what the freeze is. And, of course, the credit bureaus are the big three, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Uh, we are all entitled to one free uh, report per year. Uh, Darlene was very instrumental in uh, assisting me and providing me with a phone number, which I don't have in front of me right now. But we're entitled to that, and I've gotten a couple of them. Quite frankly, I don't worry about credit a whole heck of a lot. I did it out of being curious. But uh, that, that's what we're entitled to, one, one per year. Uh, also, you can, uh, instead of the freeze, which costs a little bit, you can do something called, you can put on what's called a uh, credit uh, a credit alert, a fraud alert uh, as well. And that alert uh, doesn't cost anything, but you need to renew that every 90 days. So uh, victims of identity theft can sign up for the extended fraud alert, alert for up to seven years. An alert uh, lets creditors know uh, when someone uh, to uh, take special precautions before extending uh, information about them or extending credit to someone. Say if someone who's pretending to be you, if you have a credit alert on your uh, on your file with the big three, well, then uh, you've alerted them to make sure that is who the person say they are prior to extending credit to them. Personally, I think these uh, folks who are extending credit to students, children almost, and others, uh, should uh, shoulder more responsibility for doing that. I mean, if, if, if they're going to allow someone to use my name and my number that I've entrusted them with, uh, J.C. Panay or whoever it is should be held responsible, it seems to me. That's why we need to go in this country, and they'll somehow do something about allowing people to just uh, use my, my name and my number uh, and get away clean with it. I think you said we got four or five minutes here. There are a couple of other money management kind of things that time uh, well, will no, allow. Well, you got a little time. You got a little time. Okay. Go ahead and take another oh, five or ten minutes. All right. You, you're all right. Fine. These, are some mo- these are some money management tips. Now, one is a lot of us file for Social Security at age 62. The age may have increased slightly, but when I was 62, now, now, I filed on, you know, right William, away. William, I, William yeah. Please, I, I hate to interrupt you, but you mentioned something about a number that Darlene gave you. Darlene, do uh, you have that hand? If not, no big deal. Darlene, Darlene, I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you get Can you get that number that uh, he talked about that you shared with him? Yeah, it was an eight seven seven number that Darlene shared to, in order to contact the uh, big three uh, credit uh, bureaus. I'm sure okay. she can provide that perhaps at a later date if she doesn't have it right now. Okay, yeah. Well, I just alerted her just in case she had it handy, but go ahead. Okay, all right, very good. But I was talking about the files of Social Security at age 62. Many of us do. I did. But uh, if, if you really want to take a chance on turning 65 or 66 or whatever the age is, you can do that. And there's more money, you know, the longer you wait. So that's the... That's the other side to it. I didn't want to take any chances. I didn't know how long I was going to be around. So I so I started jumping on mine at 62. However, Emma Jewell, your cousin, waited. So uh, she, she she gets a pretty 
her check is, check is a little fatter than mine as a result. Her <laughs> waiting to see what was, was fixified. But that that's the choice that we have. Uh, as we know, college costs an awful lot these days, and rather than uh, saving up money in your regular checking or savings account, best to use something called a 529 college savings plan. Federal government has authorized that plan, and when you use that plan, it grows at a tax-free uh, rate. It grows at a tax-free rate, and that's better to pay for your children's college that way as opposed to having them coming out with, uh, I understand some students can come out after, I guess, a graduate degree owing $100,000. I mean, what a way to start your young life owing $100,000. Imagine that. So if you can wow. avoid that, certainly take take steps to do so. I suspect when you finished college, Seth, wasn't anything like that, was it? <laughs> well, I didn't finish college, so you got to use oh. somebody else on that one. Okay, okay, but I did, very I good. I did go, though. I did go, though. I must admit, I did go. Well, you know, you sound like but you are. Uh, I'm one of those. I'm one of those that, uh, you know, how you're just different paths to different people. And I tell people all the time, this college is yeah. not for everybody. Uh, although right. I think I should have stayed in there. But let me just, I'm glad you brought that up. There's some people, there is a golden road for them outside of college. That's yep. why you got to follow the father, whatever he wants for you. Uh, some people, they're going to stay in college, and that's the best thing for them. Some people have degrees right now, and they're working at McDonald's or Whataburger. No, 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 no disrespect for working at those fast food chains because those are respectable people, and, and they need to be respected for where they work. I, I mean, you know, Absolutely. all of us just, yeah, you know, all these employees at the end of the day is the same. Uh, but, uh I tell people it's not for everybody, especially coming out owing a hundred thousand dollars and then turn around and working at a job like that. You know, it's so. But no, I was one of those that made a different choice. But go ahead. Okay, all right. Well, that that that's fine. Uh, we you know we, we can we all take different paths as long as we continue to move uh, upward uh, in the uh, path that we've taken. I think it's all it's all good. Uh, we we all work very. Yeah, certainly. Amen. Uh, one thing, you know, we hear a lot about uh, insurance. Uh, some folk will take all kinds of insurances, every insurance that comes down the pipe. They'll jump on it, hoping that it'll somehow hey, prove but, but Hold on a second, William. Before you go too far, you mentioned a 529 college savings plan. I like that. Um, I like that. You got no any well before you move on. Uh, do you know like the interest rates or anything like that on that, or you just? Well, well, no, I really don't. However, that can be readily researched by members of your audience. I'm sure uh, it's a government uh, endorsed. I've never heard of that one. I've never heard of that. You're doing it. Yes, I used to uh, work. Yeah, that's that, that that that's a better way. Supposedly that approach will not hurt uh, the uh, college student. Uh, in terms of their being eligible for some financial aid, if they otherwise would be, so that that should not mm-hmm. work against them. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's something that now, I would suggest. We, folks. Before mm-hmm. we go any further, you're dropping a lot. You're talking kind of slow, but you're throwing a whole lot of stuff out there. I'm kind of glad you're going at the pace you're going. Hey, Don uh, or Darlene, any questions about any of these things you mentioned in the freezes or credit alerts, uh, five twenty nine saving plan? Anything? Questions? Questions? 
about how much money you have to spend for the freeze on the credit? Well, the amount uh, I really can't can't say. This is designed, I guess, to prick your interest and to alert you that there are different ways of approaching this 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 thing of uh, being uh, sure that uh, no one is uh, uh, doing something behind your back. So if you're really interested, uh, you can certainly make contact with the big three, and they could break it down in terms of charges and conditions when there's no charges, when you're over 65 and that sort of thing. They could be much more specific than uh, than I'll be on this evening. This will just share with you some overviews of what uh, the possibilities are, and then you can uh, uh, get the uh, additional information if you think it will prove useful for you. Okay. I have that phone number if you like it also. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I believe Beth wanted you to read, have to share that. Okay. I'm sure somebody Eight, wanted. 877-322-8228. Okay. One more time, darling, please. I can see somebody pencil not writing. (laughs) 877-322-8228. Okay, that should do it. Okay, I am going to... It's going to be posted out there. It's already posted. Thank you. On the Ed and Isabella page. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mr. William B. Johnson. You're doing really good, sir. Keep that up. Well, thank you very much, and thank Darlene, too, for that number. You know, insurances uh, come in all shape, form, and fashions, and sometimes folk will uh, come at us with uh, insurances to do all kinds of things, be it extended warranties, you know, if you fly on a plane, trip cancellation, and uh, you know, just just all kinds of things. Them I and I took a trip to Houston for Thanksgiving, and of course we had an opportunity to uh, take out uh, insurance in case the plane didn't fly or something like that. I chose not to not to do that. I don't buy, you know, just a lot of insurance just because it sounds good. So I would suggest we give some thought to this thing about hey, insurances. You know, your your hey, automobile. You. Go ahead, sir. And hey, just real quick, just hold that thought, but. You know, having used to work for the airlines, it's kind of a – we used to kind of laugh at the, when we'd be working at, at the counter because we'd see people signing up for that, and we'd think to ourselves, they, and they know if this plane goes down, they're going to be able to get money regardless. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know why people do that, but go ahead. Okay. And when it comes to, like, life insurance, you know, we all like to have life insurance. Back in the old days, uh, our people in particular were certainly going to have – some kind of little life insurance. It may have cost a few bucks a month or so, but they wanted some kind of insurance. Insurance that I would recommend, though, in which we've had uh, term life as opposed to whole life. Of course, okay. insurance agents can give you a good spiel about why you can should have whole life. You know, it builds up a certain amount of money for you over time. Well, hold your money and build it up yourself and pay a small amount for the same uh, more coverage. That's what term life insurance will do for you. You get much more coverage, but a lot less. But it's, but you don't have somebody else holding your money for you 
and you'll get a lump of money uh, under certain certain conditions. So that's that's really something that uh, many people are catching on to. Term life versus uh, this whole life idea. <clears throat> also, in terms of credit, those who use credit, I don't tend to use it in credit. I think should be uh, perhaps uh, ideally a last resort. I think members of this family have utilized credit. I'm sure we all have, and we feel like we've had to. But I think in the process of doing so, uh, we should use as, uh, as little as possible and pay it off quickly as possible. It's just not comfortable, you know, living a life uh, with uh, your credit card just not, not, not impacting it at all. I mean, you, you sleep better when you're, you know, when, when your credit is paid down, <laughs> preferably uh, to zero. But in terms of your check, your credit record, uh, you can check that for uh, inaccuracies, you know, when they send you that report. Look over it very, very carefully. Make sure everything that they've listed on that report is, in fact, the case. And if it's not, challenge them. There's a way to challenge them. Don't just let it ride simply because uh, they say so. They can be challenged. In my life, I, I've, you know, I've challenged whomever uh, about whatever, pretty much. That's just the way that the best way to, you know, to, to have your record speak uh, accurately about you. Uh, one thing, though, uh, about the credit situation, it's always a good idea to, of course, pay, pay the bills on time. That, that's a given, and that's pretty obvious. But uh, paying the minimum is really going to keep you pretty much in a hole for a long, long time, particularly if you continue to use uh, that card. So the more you pay, obviously, the better off you will be. Paying the minimum will, you know, that that's just not, not very, very helpful. But ideally, though, you'll pay that card off. What I do and others that I know do, uh, use a credit card. That's That's cool. Dave Ramsey, a money guru in this country, uh, believes that credit cards are a no-no, period. I tend to <laughs> not see it quite that way. I think credit cards, one card is fine, but try and pay it off when it comes in. And guess what? You use the uh, credit for free. You don't pay any interest that way. So in my mind, I'm, I'm using them. I mean, I've got 30 days. I've got the product. And 30 days later, I pay for it. So to me, that 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 makes sense. And uh, you know, I just think that uh, people who use credit uh, try and do it that way. I think they'd be much much better off. By all means, get a will. You know, have a, have a will made. I think that's kind of important as well. Will uh, in Texas requires uh, have to be probated, but it still it gives you an opportunity to. Uh, uh, share your worldly goods in a way that you believe you like to have it done. Uh, I think that's probably uh, enough for this time, Seth. A uh, little bit to uh, hopefully get some folks' attention, but there's just so much in this thing about money and money usage, you know, that all of us can share in and and uh, uh, provide some, some info. Well, those are some small tidbits that uh, give us something to chew on. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, well, don't run off just yet. We may have some questions. Anybody on the phone right. lines have any questions for William? The one and only William B. Johnson, husband of Emma Jewell. And Emma Jewell is the daughter of Ennis 
Buddy Douglas. Did I get that right, Miss right. Darlene? Right. Anyway, family, he's on the phone line, and I thought you 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 delivered a bunch of uh, things that has been known to be uh, very challenging areas for African Americans. Not to mention, I'll, I'll I'll raise my hand up there with the rest of them because <laughs> when you when you start talking about good credit. And when you start talking about paying bills on time, I ain't I ain't trying to impress nobody. I'm really not not tonight, not tonight. Well, we're family. But, uh, you don't have to. Well, you know, I do believe in paying bills, but I have had I have in my younger days. I, I, I look better as an older man, but I had this motto that if you mistreat me with your business. Then you just basically uh, I ain't gonna say what the word is, but you just messed over yourself because I'm gonna try my best to make sure every dime I just spent with you I don't pay for it. And uh, I was I was very hard on people in business. You know I felt like you in business you set up you 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 know you better treat me right you better treat my family right. And if they didn't give us the service that we respected, it was on. So anyway, uh, Don, you hadn't said anything in a while. Uh, phone lines is lit up full of people. I know y'all have some questions out there, or do y'all feel Set. a lot like I do? Yes. Set. I know that voice. That's Emma Jewett. I know. I'm on it because William is on it, and he's my husband. So I'd like to make a comment, please. Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. Okay. So this is Emma Johnson, wife of William Johnson, who just talked about uh, finances. Daughter of Ennis Buddy Douglas and Ines yes, yes. Douglas. The comment I want to make is also William was talking about the credit. There is another problem with credit. If you know and remember, a uh, lots of times, especially during holidays and the beginning of schools, you get these bills from if you have credit. And they'll say, you don't have to pay your bill this month. Or you have two months of, three months of not paying your bill. And people think they don't have to pay that. That's not true. That interest, even though you don't pay it, that interest is still adding up. And those those payments are going to be ended, added to the end of your final bill. So don't fall into that trap thinking, oh, I'm free. I don't have to pay my bill this month. I don't have to pay my bill next month. Oh, yes, you're going to pay it, and with more interest. I just want to add that. Well, that is very, what's the word, very um, mature of you, Ms. Majul, to say that, because I know a lot of people, they don't think like what you just said. A lot of people, when they get in binds, they don't care if they have to pay it later. But what you're talking about is saving money. You're talking about yeah, – yeah. <laughs> what, 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 Don, you hadn't said anything in a while. Mr. Don Jr., you still on the line? Yeah, I'm still here. I want y'all to chime oh, in now. I want to feel like I'm the only one. I mean, I know my people. I know how we think out here. And a lot of people, when they get in binds in Majora, what they feel is, yeah – all I know is I don't have a bill this morning because I, I got stuff pressing. You know, oppressed people, be it Hispanic, Black America, 
they don't care about that. And that's why they wind up with bad credit and owing more and paying more at the end of everything is said and done. Address that, Emma. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, that's that's definitely true. And just like my husband said, you know, you're going to find yourself in a bind if you don't pay those bills or if you just pay the minimum. You know, your bill is $2,000, but you only have to pay $10. Look how long you're going to be paying that $10 to pay that 2000 off, and look at all the interest you're paying. That's so, true. But like you said, a lot of people don't care. They continue to add on, add on, and add on. But they need to start thinking if they want to really save their money and do other things with it. And get ahead, right, and get ahead, absolutely. Well, I think y'all, it sounds like y'all y'all really have done your homework and you're on, on top of the ball in terms of credit, in terms of uh, knowing what's on that account. I heard William talk like he basically just keeps his eye on his credit report constantly. I never thought to do that. I know that you can order a copy from here and there, you know, maybe an annual copy or something like that. But it sounds like he looked at it a little bit more than that. And I never thought about it. It's pretty good. That's Let me true. ask you, uh, Mr. William something. Brother William. Yes, yes. Uh, what do you advise people to get caught up in the payday loan trap? Because so many people are getting victimized by the payday loan trap because they fall on hard times. Well, you know, that payday loan thing is, you know, that that's a big one in Texas. And it's, poli- it's political, too. In other words, they have friends in the state legislature, believe it or not. There's been some folk in ACP and others who tried to uh, bring the payday loan uh, industry down. But it's very, very difficult to do in, in Texas. These good old boys are looking out for it, and they're protecting it because, obviously, they help them doing that campaign. So it's all it's politically driven in a certain sort of way. That's why those of us who are uh, honest and decent and uh, clear thinking should become more political. That's a different topic, but it's time we get out there and vote and be active politically uh, to make some, you know, to do some real changing because payday loans are here to stay as long as they continue to have their friends in Austin uh, looking out for them. That's the way I see it. It's unfortunate. They charge huge uh, interest rates. But like uh, Seth said, uh, people who think they're in a bind, they don't care. So if they don't care, the lender certainly doesn't. And you've got a continuing uh, uh, cycle happening over and over again, sometimes generation to generation. And it's unfortunate, but uh, hopefully at some point somebody will open their eyes. Okay. I I have a quick question here. Uncle William? Okay, yes, uh I'm here. Okay, um, you talked about a will. Uh-huh. You know, most of us don't think to get a will, but what are your protocols as far as um, getting a will? Do you discuss it with your kids or your family, or how do you go about doing that? Well, I, I guess that's a good question. Ideally, you know, it, you know, I guess one would get a lawyer, to help draw it up, and he would ask certain questions about your desires, what you'd like to have done with your worldly goods uh, when you transition. But uh, it's my understanding that a will can be legal 
uh, if you just uh, write it in longhand, quite frankly, get someone to witness it. But uh, ideally, you, you get a lawyer to draw it up and, uh, you know, date it and what have you, get your witnesses and notarize and that sort of thing. But just any and everything that you'd like to have designated in a given way, uh, do so. There are some uh, approaches to it uh, outlined in various places, uh, Internet and other places. But uh, that's an opportunity and something that I think we need to uh, take uh, take advantage of, do that. So the strangers won't decide what to do with your property and your worldly goods uh, after you're no longer here. So you um, <clears throat> you just decide, like, who you want to be over it. Like if you want your daughter or your son, your cousin or your mother, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, well, there's various legal documents, and I'm not going to pretend to be familiar with all of them. There's something called power of attorney, mm-hmm. and, and that provides... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with that. I dealt yeah. with that. But yeah. for a person just to say, okay, when, I, when I'm when i deceased, you can have my house, that's not that's not going to hold up, right? Well, well, it, well if, if you're the rightful owner... And you had it notarized and such. I see no reason no, why it shouldn't. Although technically, I think wills are probated through the court, though, uh, and then the court will ultimately decide. But they normally uh, adhere to what you've uh, the decision that you've made if you're in position to make such a decision. So I can't say that it won't hold up. I don't see any reason why not, given uh, it's been put together properly. But 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 get get legal advice on that sort of thing, and that way you'll be sure you'll be on the right track. Okay. Good point. Uh, Good yeah. point. Well, listen, listen, uh, Emma and William, we really, really, mm-hmm. really appreciate what y'all saying. Um, some things I haven't heard before. Some things I'm reminded of. I'm sure I mm-hmm. probably don't speak to everybody. I'm sure other people found other blessings in some of the things you were saying. So uh just want to thank you all for coming on, and I would like and hope you all do this again. Maybe something we can do weekly or something. I don't know, but I really think that family uh-huh. could use a lot of what you're saying. I know I know a lot of it I benefited from, for sure. Didn't I know about the 523? Go ahead. Um have you read Dave Ramsey's book? Well, uh, you know, I listen to Dave Ramsey almost daily. He comes on here in the radio. Dave Ramsey is a money guru. Makes a lot of sense. Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. politically and I in different places. Uh, he's one of these good old boys, but his ideas about money makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. He's all over the country, so I'm sure he's in Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, Austin, of course, East, West Coast, and whatever. Dave Ramsey is his name. Google him and find out. He's a, he has oh, a lot I, of good ideas. I took a class at church, and it was like two months on on his um, podcast, and he was here in Austin, and I went to the seminar there Very also. Good. Okay. Yeah. All right. You've been exposed to him. Uh, you, you know. Okay. He um. He says to uh, don't buy a new car, go out and get a hoopty. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that one. I just until, a hoopty. Uh, but, but the point is, the point is, until you can afford a new car, 
and you can walk in and pay for it. That's the idea, not to drive a hoopy all your life. <laughs> <laughs> that one got me. It really did. Okay, okay, I understand. <laughs> well, listen, uh, folks, again. Seth, I, excuse yeah, me, can ahead. I ask one other question? You sure can. Sure. Okay, this is kind of changing the subject since you said we can talk about anything. I, I've listened on other shows, but uh, I haven't been able to get through it. My hand was up, but I know you have so many, so sometimes you don't know we're on, but I, I do listen. But what I wanted what I wanted to ask about family member, which I was always curious about as I was growing up, how Foreman Kennedy was related to us. But now I think I know, but if someone knows you or Darlene, do you all remember Foreman Darlene? I do, and I have it here if you give me. Okay. He, he comes out of Isabella. Great-grandmother uh-huh. Isabel's brother, Jim. That's what I Okay. I, I believe that was his grandfather. His grandfather. Okay. Right. Well, I knew since she was a Kennedy, and his name was Kennedy, that would be it would be on her side. And the way that I remember Foreman, I was uh, 10 or 12 years old in Milano with my father, Ennis Douglas, Ennis Buddy Douglas, Ennis Douglas, and Foreman used to come to Milana with Ellis, your daddy. You probably mm-hmm. too young to remember that. I don't know if you remember that. No, I remember. I remember you well. Okay, but and they and they would, you know, he would Ellis would come home and Foreman would be with him, and that's how I knew Foreman. And then also later in life, Foreman and his wife moved came to Milana. And they had two children. Her name was Rosetta, and she was pregnant with another baby. And they stayed with us in Milana about two months. I don't know why or what, but my parents were this. Anyone who came to Milana that needed shelter, they could stay. Anybody in Milana, anywhere else, hungry, they could eat. There was always plenty of food there. But Farman stayed with us about two months with his wife, Rosetta. And the next thing I heard about him, which was very unfortunate, which some of you all might know too, was that Farman and a couple of his children were killed, died in a house fire near Greenland, Texas, or somewhere up that way. So I'm just wondering if any of you know about that, and do you know if Rosetta, his wife, and his other children are still living somewhere? Um, I was at Malzahn a few years ago, and his kids were there. But this is the deal. Um, they don't wear a name tag, so I did not meet them. Um, okay. But okay. So, I, go ahead. I think go ahead. they're out from Waco. Somewhere from Waco they live? The kids, mm-hmm. So how many children were there? Okay. But, well, you might not remember all that, but did they say anything about uh, their mother, Rosetta, do you know? Or if that, that was really true that happened to Farmer, we just heard that. 
No, he burned. I, I have So that did him. happen. That that really did yeah. happen. Okay. 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 But I was just always wondered about that and, and then, you know, but I had never been able to get in and talk about it when we just had open forum. But thank you for answering that and thank you, Sid. Sure. I really enjoy your shows and appreciate you and uh, look forward to uh seeing all of you again and uh visiting with everyone again too. Thank you very much. Oh, thank y'all. Angel. Angel? Uh-huh. It was um, 1978. Was that when he, the fire, the fire occurred? Right. Right. And then what was, two? how many children was it that was deceased in the fire? I think it was about three. I know, okay. But Rosetta and the other children escaped the fire, right? Correct. And see, that's the last I ever heard. From them, okay, and that was up near what was it Greenboro or somewhere up or somewhere in the um, Hunts County. I'm not sure where Hunts County is. Okay, okay, all right. Well, thanks for sharing that with me. You know, I, I'm really relieved to hear that because you know shows like this has brought out so much, and all these years I have been wondering how he was related to us and what really happened to them. And so now I know that he was related to my grandmother, I, you know, my, my daddy's mother. I appreciate that. And thanks to Seth and all of you all for doing this show that makes us aware of all of these things and the history of our family. Thanks very much. You're welcome. William, you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Okay, this is Dom. And, yes. uh, you know, I've really been uh, uh, enlightened by the information you shared with us this afternoon. Yeah, I appreciate and, that, Pat, Don. And I just wonder for myself and if there's others there in the uh, listening audience, do you do credit counseling or do you have uh, <laughs> uh I mean, I'm just asking Yes, I, I understand. No, no, well, the answer is no. I'm just one of God's children who have been on the planet a while, three uh, three scores and ten plus. And, uh, you know, I've been, you know, after you've been here a while, you learn some things. You're supposed to learn something, and you try to share a little bit here and there. Plus, I can read, so I, you know, some, you know, we, we can just read and expose ourselves to various things. So I would encourage family members to. By all means, uh, don't stop reading. Pick up uh, magazines here and there and read the business pages and read about business. Read, obtain ideas about how to live our lives better and with less uh, stress. You got less stress when you don't owe anybody. So uh, read, read, read is what I would suggest. I like that. Thank you very much. Yeah, you bet. Have a good evening. All right, then. You too. All right. Don. Yeah. There's something called consumer credit. They're located in Dallas, and they probably have a um, a place where you can go to in Fort Worth, and they do consumer counseling, credit counseling. Uh, uh, 
And let me just jump in here real quick. My mic was turned off accidentally. William and Emma, thank y'all again. Appreciate that. Hopefully we'll have y'all pretty soon a lot because we need that. Go ahead, uh, darling. I just had to say that my mic was turned off. Okay. Um, did you get that, Don? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I was just curious. You know, I, I was just enlightened, and I hadn't considered uh, the Consumer Credit Council Recently, I have in the past. Sometimes you you need it, and sometimes you don't. But I'm just just appreciate the wealth and knowledge that's been coming forth tonight. Yeah, that, and it's free. It's free. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I ain't gonna lie. You know, it's you know everybody has their strong points and weak points and finances in my life. Not that I have horrible finances, nothing like that, but. It's just not one of my weakest strengths. And so I always, always welcome anybody that has it together, have that credit score, that super high credit score, pay their bills on time. Like I met this one girl at work, and she was talking, and she said, oh, I never bounced a check in my life. And I'm looking at her like, now, y'all may not have bounced a check in y'all like, while well, I'm playing. I don't know, Don, Darlene, maybe y'all can say the same thing. <laughs> Now, while I can say I haven't intentionally bounced the check, I don't have that testimony. So when I hear the Williams, the Emmas of the world, it, it is very enlightening, very enlightening. I, I could I can learn from them forever. And I know that I'm not by myself on that because I know where our people are. I know the pulse of my people. And I'm not just talking about the Douglases. I know where we at as a people because I make sure – you know, I'm a people person, and I just I keep my ear to the ground, and I know that African-Americans, there's, a, there's somebody funding these, Don, as you call them, these, um, what you call them, these little stores where you pay now, um, the, hey, hey, the little pay, yeah, those those are being funded by our people. The, it's some whites go there, but it's predominantly funded by uh, his, uh, minorities. And William and Joe, uh, by the way, your hand is still up, so you only to press one. Just one time your hand to go down because y'all may want to come back on and say something later. So press one because your hand is up. But I really, really listened to him. Took notes, and I hope you did to his family. Let's take a quick little break, and we will be back shortly. I just want to take a quick little break and uh, check out this song while we're chewing on what we just heard. Y'all, family, I'm telling you, money is a tool. And until we use that tool properly, we are going to always experience some kind of slavery. So kudos to Emma Jewell and William Johnson. Thank you all for sharing that. Take a little short break, play a little clip here. Folks, you all know some of us are holding this, right? You all want to know something funny? When you all listen to this next song, imagine two little boys about in the third row, shaved heads because my <laughs> my mother used to cut our hair off on Fridays because, you know, she would say, if y'all don't keep y'all hair comb, I'm going to cut you ends. She would say the word nigga, you know, how back in the day, grown people used it like it was your name. I'm cut you niggas' heads, hair off. And so Friday she would send us to the barber, and we get these shaved heads. So on Sunday we'd be nice and clean and sharp with these bald heads, me and my brother, and we'd be clapping to a beat something like this. <laughs> 
coming to this song about the place. Y'all think about your 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 host tonight and his brother clapping to this beat while we come back. I happened to thought I thought that when I looked at this song, I said, yeah, that reminds me of my childhood. But uh, we'll be right back, folks. Check this out. This is holiness, folks. You know, some of us are holiness, or at least was raised holiness. We'll be right back.
Okay, we're back, folks. Again, you're listening to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. I'm Seth, all the way from Fort Worth. We have on the line also Miss Darlene, all the way from Austin, and Donald Shaw, all the way from Fort Worth as well. And uh, we just listened to Emma and William go over some finances, some things we uh, should pay heed to, and um, some goals. So I'm sure a lot of people out there hearing that will probably make some new financial goals. I really believe that. I really believe that they may not even say it. I don't think they said it one time, but I do think God is in what they're doing, what they just said, because the Bible talks about not owing anybody. It says, owe no man, but to love them. So I, I believe that what they're saying is godly. Everybody don't say, that's thus said the Lord, but I really believe what they just said is the way the Father would have us to live. After all, you are a slave to no man. So kudos to William and them, and hopefully they'll think about it and maybe come on the show regularly and have a certain spot on the show, maybe 10 minutes of a program or something, because we need that, folks. I ain't going to lie. We need that. Anyway, what y'all think of that God's Got the Power, Chicago Mass Choir? Just every once in a while I have these flashbacks, and that's what happens when you stick your kids in church at a very young age. You know, mom had us in church when most kids was out there doing their thing. I mean, I, I get to talking about some of these memories, and no, nobody my age understand what I'm talking about because nobody was at A.A. Allen tent meetings at 10 and 9, and nobody <laughs> remember that but the old people. So most of the people, you remember them, Don? I remember A.A. Allen and the Miracle Valley, Arizona. Yeah, yes, man, I that's our upbringing. That was our upbringing, sitting up playing the sand. You have to make fun out of everything you do, you know, even if you're in church. You have to do something. If the preaching, you know, unfortunately we had ministers that didn't know how to keep our attention. I, I fault the church for that because there is a whole lot that keep young people attention these days. But they didn't teach proper history, and we didn't relate to Christ. We just did. I'm sorry. just didn't relate to him. Didn't relate to the Bible. But these days, this is the new era now. We got some folks that can break this scripture down. Excuse me. We got some people that can break this the scriptures down, and they can show young people. Oh yes, <laughs> you 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 in this you you this Bible. You don't want to get too deep on y'all because if you missed the Bible study, I'm not going to have it now. But that Bible is a lot more relevant to African Americans than they think. Let me just gonna say it like that. Y'all have to go to check out the Bible study. But anyway, folks, this is time of our show. Where we do something called Did You Know. Did you know what it is? It's a time for us to reach back in history, kind of like I was just talking about, and bring up something that we think the average person, white or black, anybody, just don't know. It's called Did You Know? And we want to ask the family and our friends, did you know this? Did you know that? Let me tell you where I got this whole concept from. My kids used to get on my nerve when I used to drive up and down Cincinnati roads, and they used to just be acting up in the back seat fighting all the time. So I wanted to harness that energy instead of saying, like my mama used to tell us, sit down. <laughs> so I wanted to harness the energy. So what I would do, I would say, listen, let's play a little game. And I would tell Josiah, Josiah, you asked Lydia, did you know, you named something you learned at class today, and you see if Lydia knew it. And then, Lydia, if if you don't know it, 
you got to come up with something. But Josiah, if she know what you're saying, then you got to go again. You got to go until your sister don't know something. And Lydia to do the same thing. So that's kind of it. Got to be fun. It, it involved me at times, and I'd be like, well, just oh, I didn't even know that. So it became a family game, and it was one of the healthiest things I believe that the Father gave me. Yes, I believe the Father does, uh, will do something like that. Yes, he does, especially when they was getting on my nerves as much as they was. So not that y'all were getting on my nerves, but I'll go first tonight. Oh, darling, did you want to go? I know you had something you want to say. Did you want to go first with the first ditch you know to the family? Uh, I can, and it's not going to be, okay. it's not back in the history, but it's going to be history. Okay. okay, go for it. Okay, I think most of us know Tom Joyner. Yeah. The radio host person. Well, he's yes. 65 years old, and he's been forced into early retirement. Did forced. you know that? Yes. Why is he? Yes. Because he had this good friend, partner in business, and he's forcing him out some kind of way. And this goes into the finance part, too. He he signed over, like, shares of his business. And this good friend kept getting more shares of the business until the good friend was really controlling the show. What? Yes, yes, yes. It came out today. I didn't know that. And, and they, they, go. I'm sorry. No, I just say I didn't know that one. Yeah, they're forcing him out, and they're trying to get him out around the same time. Dig this, around the same time that Obama is going out. Wow. Yes, and they're going to replace them with a younger person, but the person is 56, and he's uh, 65, and he he's devastated, you know. He's been in the show for 22 years, you know, because he used to fly from, was it Chicago to Dallas every day to do his shows. Yeah, I remember that. You know, I have personal experience with Tom Jonah running up and down those terminals at Dallas Fort Worth. And you know what they did? They gave him his seat. Tom Jonah, when he would check in, would always want the exact same seat. Now, mine is first class, nice seat, but he still wanted the exact seat. So when he, at some point, I forget what it was, but American Airlines actually sent that man his seat. That uh, just in, I guess, in appreciation of some. But no, I didn't know that about Tom John. Pretty, that's a good one. Yeah, he he ended up, I guess, with only twenty percent of his business, and they just kept pulling strains on him. Um, Cause, and I didn't know this until the day he had to fire Sybil. You remember Sybil? Whoa! And man. Yeah, he had to get rid of both of them, and he he just hurt behind all of that. This yeah, person I, kept losing power against him. I could see him now in the Chicago terminal with that tile half. You know, they, a, a lot of guys were button open that top, and he always looked like he's so tired. And I say to myself, 
is it really that important? But it turned out to be very profitable for him doing those two cities. You know, he co-hosted in Dallas in the daytime and then in Chicago at night or the other flip side of it. It was really weird how he did that. But, no, I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. That's what we do with Mm -hmm. Did You Know. We we, we bring up history, uh, something that will uplift our Family, something our family could could look at and go, wow, something that will reflect them. So, uh, I will. Don, you want to go next? Or you want me to go first or second? Oh, I just go next. I was really um, kind of touched by Darlene's information on uh, Mr. Tom Joyner, and uh, I guess maybe we could look on Black America Web and. Maybe we can get some more information on that. That's sad. Uh, That's sad. Because he's been such an inspiration for so many people for so many years. But I'd just like to say that my sister, Ms. Carlos Brown, which is her name now, but at that time was Carlos Shaw, was the first black female police officer in this city during the late 60s. She was the first black oh. female police officer in the city of Fort Worth. So that's your did you know. You mean to say did you know that? Go ahead. I mean, I know it's considered black history, but that's one thing oh, I can that's always. A good, that's like a good one. That's good. Very good. Very good, philosophy. did you know. That, 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 y'all, y'all really come out with some good ones today. Well, I'm going a little back. And uh, I knew that, and and not only that, but Don didn't mention this, uh, but she is in a museum actually, and uh, it's uh, it's a black museum over there off of Rosedale. They have a picture of her. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's ran by Mr. Don Williams, and that's called the uh, I think that's called the Juneteenth Memorial Museum, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yep, yep. I, I remember going through it, and I was very impressed by that that little museum, and hopefully to get a little bit more support because it was kind of, you know, um, needing some support back when I went. I guess when that's when they first first opened it up. But anyway, yeah, that's a good one, Don. Dang, uh, coming behind y'all, that's pretty. I'm at the top those. Not really. We're not competing here. But listen, folks, here's the ditch you know I had. And I was going to do it last time we did this, you know, but we got busy. And so I said, I'll go ahead and hold it to this week. So this is an old one. But, family, did you know that any history past 10,000 years that our textbooks, all of our colleges, all of the education of the West and Europe does not acknowledge? Did y'all know that? They do not really, they call it mythology. They say it's too old. They don't give it. And that's when the glory starts for so-called dark-skinned people. It's 10,000 years on back. 10,000 years forward, Europe blossomed. You know, they went to something called the Dark Ages. Watch this, folks. That's the first did you know. Did you know that they don't really put much stock in history older than 10,000 years. I didn't know that. A guy with a history, historian type of guy, he says, oh, no. He said, most of our history is 10,000 years forward. Anything past that, they don't put much stock in. You may hear them say a little something. They may mention it briefly in the classroom, but you're not going to be 
studying on months and months in any college, anywhere in the United States or Europe about history of 10,000, because that's when the glory days of Africa was. I didn't know that. Or the glory days of black America, black not black America, dark-skinned people. So I did not know that. That was a big educational moment for me that I learned. Another thing is uh, I didn't know this, and it's kind of the same one, so it's really just one did you know. The other thing is, along the same conversation, the Dark Ages. Did y'all know that the Dark Ages just mean it was the Dark Ages for Europe? It wasn't the Dark Ages for everybody else. Why Europe? They had cavemen. They was eating each other in the caves. Europe, this is true history. Caveman era is very accurate. That did happen. But while they was doing that in the Dark Ages, Africa, it wasn't called Africa then, but it had civilization, colleges, aerodynamics, a, 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 you know, more simpler form. But they had all this. It's when they built the pyramids. I mean, well, just the whole glory of that continent, and not only that continent, but India, a lot of the brown nations was thriving during what we call the Dark Ages. So it wasn't dark for everybody. I did not know that Dark Age. I thought Dark Ages meant the whole planet was dark in technology. The whole planet was dark in education. Did y'all know that, Darlene and, and Don? I'm here. I hear you. Did you, did you know yeah. that, that the Dark Ages, the Dark Ages, that term, Dark Ages, does not mean that the whole planet was dark. It means that European was in a dark age. I was blown away by that. What about you, Miss Darling? Did you know that? No, I did not. I kid you not. Check check your cousin out and come back and tell me if you if those things be true. But anyway, folks, that's it. That's what we call did you know. We just like to kind of stimulate y'all's uh, minds, get you to thinking, get you to research. Maybe y'all come back and correct some of us. If not, it'd be one glorious thing we learned about our past, okay? Uh, all right, folks, what's coming up next is something that's very, very important, I think, to every single one of you. Every once in a while on this blog, we'll have a sermon. But I don't want to bore you with a sermon, so I chopped this up in three pieces. And I guarantee you one thing, family, you will be blessed by this gentleman that's about to come your way. Uh, he is talking about something called soul ties. Soul ties. You will be blessed by it. I put my word out there, okay? We're going to do three uh, clips. Each one of them is about 11 minutes. Well, the last one is like 14 minutes. So it's 11, then 10, 11, 11, about 13 minutes. So after each clip, we're going to stop and see if anybody has any questions or concerns about what you just heard. If you want to disagree with the gentleman, fine. If you want to agree with the gentleman, fine. If you want to say, oh, my God, that's one, the best news I've ever heard, let us know, family. We're just family here tonight, but y'all got to hear this. I promise you, this is the most important part of the show. I know we have some highlights, some very great parts of the show, but if this is you, if this gentleman touches you in any way being spiritual, it's going to be far the greatest thing you've heard in a long time, okay? It blessed me. It blessed others. Lots of people talks about these, these, um, this particular gentleman. So I wouldn't bring no junk at you. You know, I think hard and long before I put some in your ears. So y'all check this out, and we're going to stop each one of them and comment. And uh, um, so let's just, without further ado, go ahead and start these up because we want to get done in a timely manner. So here we go with the first clip, all right? 
This is on soul ties. Check this out, family. Soul ties, in other words, definition is not something that's automatically always negative. All of us are tied to something. See, some of us are tied to a person. Many of us are tied to our families, tied to our friends, tied to a group, tied to a cause. These ties are not necessarily bad because through God, if we're tied to him and those things are connected to us, those things can actually be things that we, are, we should be connected to. One day I will get married. And one day I will be tied to a wife. The benefits of that tie is simple because the Bible says a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they should become one flesh. So one day I will have the privilege to be tied to a beautiful woman. Some of us are tied to our families. My brothers and sisters are right here today. There's not a day that goes by I don't think about my family because something in me is invested into them so much so that I love them so dearly, therefore I'm tied to them. If anything, God forbid, was to happen to my sister, or God forbid, happened to my brother, my father, my mother, my extended family, since I am emotionally tied to them through an investment through family, then it affects me. Some of us are tied to our friends. The Bible even said that for those who know about Jonathan David's relationship, the Bible said that Jonathan was so knitted, his soul was so knitted to David that he loved him as his own soul. And we have different conflicts because a lot of people in the homosexual community says, well, the Bible continues to say that David loved Jonathan far beyond the love of women, that his love for Jonathan surpassed the love of women. But we fail to realize that men and men and women and women can have friendships that are stronger than the love of women. There's a lot of athletes out there that I can guarantee you that they love their homeboys back at home more than they do the women they sleep around all the time. So what that text is saying is that you can have a soul tie, tied to a friend because you truly love that individual. Many of us are tied to a group. Many of us are tied to the faith called Christianity. Many of us are tied to fraternities, sororities, we tied to all these different groups because we're emotionally invested in them. Many of us are tied to a cause. If you look at myself, I'm tied to the cause that's considered or called unplugged. I've tied to this because I've invested money. I've invested time in this cause. Therefore, I'm connected to the vision statement that says, how can I encourage people to unplug from society's influence and plug into Christ? Therefore, in that cause, I'm emotionally tied to it. There are genuine soul ties, and there's also perverted soul ties. That if I'm pervertedly soul tied to a person that means out, out sex outside of marriage, if I invest in that, then I could be pervertedly tied to a woman. I can also be pervertedly tied to my family to so much so that they, they're, they're the root foundation of all my decisions. I can also be pervertedly tied to a friendship so much so that all of a sudden if I invest in a friendship with a young lady and get into the concept of friends with benefits, all of a sudden now I'm emotionally, soulishly tied to a friend. I can also be pervertedly tied to a group. That's what you call a cult. So a lot of people are tied emotionally to a cult, and they're tied to different groups of perverted tie. There are some people also pervertedly tied to a cause. Many people are pursuing dreams and passions, but not knowing they're pervertedly tied to it. So since I talked about genuine soul ties, give me one second. Since I talked about genuine soul ties versus perverted soul ties, let's talk about the six components of the soul. <clears throat> if you, for those who are taking notes, are six parts in the human soul. They're your thoughts, memories, ideas, perceptions, knowledge, and emotions. Y'all got that? All right, I'm repeat it again. Number one is thoughts. Number two is memories. Number three is ideas. Number four is perceptions. Number five is knowledge. And number six is emotions. Everybody's got that? It's recorded, so <laughs> by the time this weekend or by next week, you'll be able to get that message. 
Let's look at thoughts. How can I be perfectly tied through my thoughts? A lot of us experience fear. False evidence is appearing real is an acronym for fear. A lot of us are tied through our intellect, through our thoughts, so much so that our thoughts control who we are. God forbid if something tragically happens to you in your life, or God forbid that you lose a job, or if something tragically happens in your life, all of a sudden we get into a mental whirlwind. And all of a sudden our minds get so tied to a lie that has been spoken to our ears. How many of us has predominantly of our lives or predominantly of our thoughts have been negative? So much so that we can't effectively work because we're thinking so negatively. Many of us can't even enjoy the relationships that we have because our thoughts run rampant. The trick is, how can I get to you? How can I control you through your thoughts to have you so tied emotionally, so tied through your soul, so much so to something that you don't even can't really see? How many of us have a fear of the future? How many of us have minds so tied that if, God forbid, something happens to your job or something happens to what you view as your fundamental foundation of success or the fundamental foundation of a relationship, if that one thing was taken away, how many of your thoughts would get triggered? Let's look at memories. Many of us can't even drive down the same roads today because many of us share experiences with people. Many of us can't even go by that restaurant on 5th Street because that's when you or your boyfriend shared an experience. Many of you guys cannot go down certain areas of, of Charlotte or some areas by your neighborhood because you share some type of experience with someone. See, Satan designed the world so intricate to the point where he understands how can I get you with a negative environment, with negative encounters and negative experiences. He understands if I have all these things happening in your life in this environment, or some of us who have been brought up in single-parent homes, some of us that have been brought up with both parents but our fathers wasn't there, or some of us that has been brought up in poor managed households so much so that he understands if I can have all these encounters happening in your life and your youth, then I can always torment you in your present by your past. How many of us are so soul tied to our past so much so that we can't even progress today? How many of us souls tied to what happened in 98 and 2002 and 06 and 07 or last month or even today so much so that the devil understand I can use what happened in your past to keep you anchored from progressing tomorrow? Are you preferably soul tied through your memories? Because we want, there's one thing about God that we don't share. God says, I can forget your sins as far as east from the west. But unfortunately, we, it's hard, we can easily forgive, but it's hard to forget. And what they understand is how can I lure you by your own lust into environments to be tempted so you can taste these different things through your appetite so much so that they can say, there go another marker, another experience, another opportunity for me to use against them. So now you can't even effectively love the person you're with now because you still remember what Jimmy did to you. How many of us are perverted or tied pervertedly through our memories? Ideas. We live in a world where innovation is everywhere. We live in a world where it's cre the creative age is now. Internet has never been into never, internet has never been like this ever. The, the things that we have access to is so tremendous. But some of us don't understand that we are so tied to an idea. When God created the world, He understood that He didn't have. It wasn't just an idea. The planet Earth was not just an idea. All ideas pre precedes or follows after inspiration. That's why everything in our world today was created from an idea. Everything from everything in our world today was birthed from an idea. The chair that you're sitting in, the cell phone that you have, the, the, the clothes that you're wearing, the shoes that you're wearing, the weave that you're wearing, all the, stuff that, <laughs> all the stuff that you have in your life came from someone's idea. Even the planet that you live on came from God's idea. But many of us get so caught up in an idea that we fail to realize or understand what inspired this idea. So all of us... But some women don't understand that a man can smile on your face, a man can pursue you. But that's one thing about men, one thing about women that we fail to realize is they don't really want to tell you everything about themselves in the first, in the first encounter. 
A lot of us are with men. A lot of us are with women that they have addictions that you don't even know about. And we allow them to pursue us because they had an idea of pursuing. Every man has a motive on why they pursue you. Every man has a motive. That's why every woman should be able to challenge that motive because every idea comes from inspiration. Are you perversely tied to your ideas? What was number four? Number four was uh, perceptions. Perception is how we see things. A lot of us have a poor worldview about certain things. Some of us through our families, some of us through society, some of us through culture, some of us through all these intricate things of our society have developed our own worldviews about things. Now you have a situation where men, view, where men view women in a certain way that culture tells them to view women. Now you have women viewing men in a way that culture says you've taught to view men. So now we live in a society that our perception or our views about life is so dwarfed, so skewed, so much so they won't even have the clear perception about anything. And we wonder why we can't have successful marriages or successful relationships because our perception of the opposite sex is so screwed. Are you perversely tied through your perceptions? Knowledge. There's, a, there's a, a quote that says knowledge is power. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. But it's funny that in our culture today, even within Christianity, we're so tied to the giver of knowledge but not the one that gave the knowledge. Many of us are tied to preachers tied to teachers, tied to televangelists, <clears throat> tied to professors. We're tied to the people that God gave the message to, but we're not even tied to the one that gave the message. So now all of a sudden we get so pervertly screwed up to the point to where now our whole foundation of Christianity, our whole foundation of life is anchored in a man. So what happens is when that man falls because he's incapable, then all of a sudden everyone who follows that man, religion fails because their whole hope was in a man because that man or that woman gave them knowledge. Are you pervertly tied? to a person that's given knowledge. Also, people are perversely tied to knowledge itself. How many people stack degrees upon degrees upon degrees because they want to be know-it-alls? Nothing wrong with degrees, but there are some people who pursue knowledge to say, how can I belittle the other man? See, some of us get so caught up to the point to where I want to be so big-headed up here. I want to be so knowledgeable, so much so that I can be the one that says I've made it. And now knowledge becomes the foundation of your life, not God. Let's look at emotions. Well, two weeks ago I talked about emotions. I don't want to get into emotions today. But for those who want that message, definitely go check it out. But what happens is society has us so emotional that everything, all of our choices do not come from reason. It doesn't come from a balance between reason and emotions. But we live a life that's so you Since I feel this way, I ought to do it. The quote says you only live once, so why not do it? So what happens is when we partake things emotionally, when we get so caught up on things and we connect our emotions to it, we either one of two things, stressed or depressed. High or low. So are you pervertedly tied through your thoughts, your memories, your ideas, your perceptions, your knowledge, and your emotions? Let's get into the scriptures and let's get into it a little bit deeper. Let's look at verse 12. <clears throat> scripture says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Verse 13, food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food and Okay, folks, that's the first first clip. We're going to go through this pretty quickly. Don, Darlene, any comments before I start this second clip up? What do y'all think real quick? Give me your honest opinion. I don't really know. I have no comment. I just enjoy it. Okay. Yes, yes. Darlene, anything? It was it was good. I, I liked it also. This gentleman is going to start swinging here. Y'all want just a <laughs> 
Uh, but anyway, we're going to go right through it. And, folks, I apologize. It's, it, you know, again, the next clip is I'm going to tell you exactly how long it is so y'all know. You can play United Calling. Darling, if either one of y'all have to go, it's not a problem. But the next clip is going to be exactly 11 minutes, and here we go. Um, so here we go, folks. The other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Let's look at verse 12. So you got to understand who Paul is talking to. Paul is talking to the church of Corinth. He's talking to a group of people that's similar to our culture today. The people of Corinth was considered babes of Christ. They were very young. That's why Paul had to check them so many times. He had to write two epistles to them. But this culture was so caught up into this sexual perversion because around this Corinthian church, these little bodies, little babes in Christ, were pagans who believed that sex gods, and they believed in all these different things, orgies, and you thought today was perverted. Imagine how it was back in the day. It was very perverted. And so this culture was so like looking over the fence, like, well, they, I mean, Paul, they get to do it. Why can't I do it? See, what Paul was trying to tell them, he said, you know what, everything may be lawful for you, but it doesn't mean it's helpful. Now, let's look at lawful. In the country, in the United States of America, it's lawful for us to smoke cigarettes, right? It's lawful for us to drink alcohol, over 18, at least, 21 at least. It's lawful for us to have sex. There's no law that says in, in, in the Constitution that says thou should not have sex. Or John Hancock didn't side off that says, oh, you can only have sex in marriage. It's very lawful. I can go out there and sleep with a woman now. It's, it's lawful for me. There's no thing in the United States government that says, I will arrest you, Josh, for sleeping around. There's nothing that says, I will arrest you, Josh, for smoking a cigarette or drinking alcohol or gossiping or lying or cheating. There's not certain laws that are in place that it comes against that, but it's so funny that we pursue those laws. We pursue that law through freedom, but does those things, are those things really helpful? Helpful are those things that says, are you able to aid in this situation? And what happens is we get so caught up on what we think is going to help us that we become so tied to it. People are so tied to money. People are so tied to a person because they think their whole hope is out of that individual. Their whole hope is out of this money. Therefore, they have this false perception, false hope, thinking that money is going to get me to where I got to go. This woman is going to get me where I got to go. This man is going to get me where I got to go. This career, this path will get me where I go, and they'll always find themselves thirsty. Was it not Jesus that was with the woman at the well where he says many people will drink from this fountain again, but if those who drink from me will never thirst again? But what happens is we love to make resources our sources. We love to say, you know what, how can I keep coming? And we not understand that the more you sleep around with a person tonight, you're going to be thirsty again for it. You're going to be always thirsty for it. This society has us so deceived to say, you know what, go ahead and try it now because they understand about your appetite. That's why Paul says everything is lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. All of us, if we really, to be honest, are a slave to something. Let's look at the five senses. We all know the five senses, seeing, hearing, tasting, feeling, and smelling. These five tests I will prove to, I will prove to you whether you are tied to something. Let's look at eyes. Fellas, if a young lady was to come into this room now, the girl that you are attracted to, and the various parts of her body that you are most attracted to was revealing, how many of you can restrain from that second look? How many ladies can restrain from that second look if a man was to come in in a way that is attractive to you? If you can't restrain, now we all have peripheral vision, fellas, I understand. God ain't going to judge you if you see the first time, because we can see. But what happens is if you take a greater look that second time, it shows that you are a slave to your eyes. You're a slave to what you see, because now you can't restrain yourself from hindering yourself from watching something. Because did not the Bible say when a man looks at a woman with lust in his heart, he's already committed adultery with her? Because he already has the motive. He has the lust that can conjure up to produce whatever it needs to produce for adultery to happen. Let's look at hearing. If R. Kelly was to play right now, 
Brian McKnight, Trey Songs. You know what songs we're talking about. Could you restrain yourself? How many of us, if we heard these different things and we get so engulfed and so invested in these different things, could you restrain your mind from thinking certain things? If that song was to come on, what thoughts would be triggered? What memories would be triggered? What emotions or what knowledges or what perceptions would be triggered? All from one sound. Then you may be a slave through your ears. How many of us are slaves through touch? That the moment that we feel that embrace, all of a sudden that, can I, can I restrain myself? Can I, can I move myself from a situation where that man is holding you or that woman is holding you? Can you restrain yourself? If you can't, if you're a slave through your five senses, that's how they soul tie you. So they understand, how can I get you to taste it one time? How can I get you to sleep with her one time? How can I get you to sleep with her one time? How can I get you so addicted to this type of music, addicted to this type of situations that come from a woman? How can I get you so addicted to all these different things so I can make you a slave in your soul? If you can't restrain your five senses, I guarantee your soul is tied to something. Let's get into the scripture some more. Verse 13 says, Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. What that means is, in this, in, in this text, this is a type of story. It's, it's like a type of saying where this is an excuse. So they'll say, well, shoot, food is meant for the stomach, so it's okay for me. Or sex is okay for me, so I guess I can do it. So what God says is that I understand that many of us are, are desiring these certain things, but he says we cannot get overly consumed by sin nature. The stomach represents your sin nature. Food represents the desires that your sin nature wants. So what happens is we become overly consumptuous because the Corinthians are trying to make an excuse saying, well, they get to do it, why can't we? But he says, you don't have what it takes to restrain that type of lust. You don't have what it takes to fight that lust. You don't have what it takes to fight a desire because you don't even understand how strong the desire is. Every one of us know how good, well, some of us know how good sex is. Some of us know how good certain things about that nature is. I say it like this. The most powerful, the most intense things in our world today always have boundaries. If I go to the nuclear plant, since nuclear particles are so intense, so powerful, and also yet they also they're helpful but yet dangerous, those since it's intense, since it's so dangerous, I have to have boundaries or parameters with it. If I go to the zoo and I want to go see a lion, I guarantee I won't see a lion if it doesn't if it's not behind a cage. Because an animal is not, it can't coexist where I live. Therefore, if I enter into a cage with a lion, I'm guaranteed to punish from that action. Since God understood that sex was so powerful, so intense, he set boundaries for it. Because he understood that the moment you partake of this outside of his boundary, you're going to experience something you never wish you even experienced. It's like being tied to a nuclear reactor. It's like being tied to a lion expecting to survive. How many of us are not surviving now? We wish we didn't do what we did with Jimmy, Susie, Kelly, with that person. We wish we never did those things because now you're suffering the consequences of it. And now you're tied to that person. You can't even progress in life because you're tied to them. Let's keep going. Y'all all right? Y'all learning something? The body is not meant for sexual immorality but for the Lord and the Lord for God. And God raised the Lord and also raised us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Let's look at what, look at verse 14. Since, since the creation of time, God, through his idea, through his inspiration, created us for himself. But since Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, we've been perverted and we've been screwed in our minds so much, so now we live in a life that's so far from God. 
The devil understands if I can drift you from who God is, if I can drift you from understanding who he is, then you'll lose your identity. Any person without identity will always fail. That's why people who are gay today, people who are living certain lifestyles today, people who are drinking and people are doing this, identity is a match of what they see outside of God's original structure. And since it's not according to God's structure, since we don't really know what a good father is, a good mother is, or how it is to be a man or how it is to be a woman, we adopt our philosophies and we adopt the way we live life based upon what we naturally see. So when we naturally see things on television, we naturally see things on movies, and we see all these different things, these young kids adapt their lives based upon what they see because they don't have a good structure in front of them to emulate their lives after. So if once humanity drifted itself from God, they got into a place where they forgot that they was created for him. Therefore, they started living a life created for each other or for themselves and so God says since you don't understand my general revelation of who I am since you don't understand that I am the one that created this world that I'm the one that created life for you let me go ahead and make it very personal let me come down as a man and he says you know what let me prove to you that I am God let me prove so you can have a clear identity of who I am but for those who don't believe in Christ let me take a little bit of time to explain his true existence there's a lot of people that said Jesus never existed their statement automatically is proven false because there's been multiple type of historians that have said that Jesus actually existed. There was Roman historians, Greek historians, Jewish historians. These historians that had nothing to benefit from the Jesus faith, had nothing to benefit from him that said he actually existed. But they'll say, you know what, they'll say Jesus of Nazareth did die on the cross, did exist, but we don't believe him as God. So there are historians that said he actually existed. But what about him being God? If I made up a story and I said Isaac, I got this new religion, I got this new faith, and I saw Jesus raised from the dead. He's going to be like, okay. He goes back and brings some soldiers and point a gun in my face. And if they point the gun in my face and say, did you not make up this religion? If I made it up, don't you believe that with all these guns pointed at me, I would say, shoot, I, ain't, I made it up. But do you not understand that they was crucified upside down, dipped in tar, thrown off buildings, eaten by lions, Murdered by thousands upon thousands, all because of a made-up story? If it was made up, I guarantee you they wouldn't be crucified upside down. What about all the centuries where Christians were murdered and, and Nero lit up his garden with Christians? All these different things, the persecution that's happened in our world today, and we say that he is not real? See, the thing about society, all of us are going to have to answer to Jesus' gospel, whether we believe it or not, because the historians and people have proven of his existence. But what happens is, it's that since many of us wasn't there to see that cross and many of us wasn't able to see how brutally he was beaten and many of us wasn't there to see the price that was paid, since we don't understand his price, we'll forsake the one that paid it because the price wasn't close to us. Like I always say, if someone was to take a bullet for me, I'm indebted to that person's life because they took a bullet I was supposed to take. But since we was never there and took that bullet, all of a sudden when we drift our intellect or our knowledge or our emotions away from what God did for us, we treat him like he's nothing. We treat this creation like it's nothing. We treat each other like it's nothing. We cheat on each other. We abuse each other. We do all these different things all because we're not connected to the creator. Do you not know that the bodies and members, do you not know that your bodies? Okay, folks. I think we should wrap that one up. Uh, what do y'all think? Let me just ask my co-host. That's what they're there for, Donnie. Darling, I got the idea to just go ahead and just wrap it up since it's 1048. Uh, but I know, I know somewhere somebody want to hear the rest of this. So here's what I'll do. Uh, do y'all think we should listen to the rest of it or not? Let me get y'all's opinion. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I think you did a really great show. Hold on, hold I on, think- hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Hold on, y'all know our rule. Whenever we get a question or a comment, we stop everything. Somebody just raise your hand up. Eric code eight one six four seven six. Go ahead with your question or comment. Eric code eight one six four seven six. Your hand is up. Did you have a question or a comment? Somebody's phone number eight one six four seven six. You had a question or comment? I think they accidentally pressed it. Okay. Listen, the reason why is I think we should just wrap it up and I'll tell everybody where to go see it at. It's a there's just one more segment we had that was fourteen minutes, and that's gonna actually run over eleven o'clock now that I think about it, so we can't listen to it anyway. So we kinda miss you know, it's okay, it's all open forum, we didn't do nothing wrong, we just ran out of time. So go to Facebook, I mean, excuse me, go to YouTube and type in this word, the, the phrase, sex and soul ties. Sex and soul ties. I thought it was soul ties, but it's sex and soul ties by Joshua E.Z.E. You ain't got to remember his name, just remember the topic, and you can hear the last 14 minutes. I'm telling you, you got to hear the last 14 minutes, family. Uh, what, what did y'all think of it, though? Uh, honestly, uh, Darlene, let me make sure your mind is open. I don't see Darlene. I don't see Darlene. I don't see Darlene. Hold on. Darlene, that happened, man.